Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable! I can't take it anymore! There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Great stop! I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. Live on all the Internet's webs and tubes, it's Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Live on any mini weekly radio, streaming worldwide, and podcasting who the fuck knows where, on time again, crushing it. This is Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert for Saturday, July 28th, 2018. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, joining me as always are uh, the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM Dungeon Master, Michelle Legon. That is me, enemies of wasps. Wait, no, running away from wasps everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got tagged by one today, and it sucked. I know, I know. I one got me on the hand once, and my like half my hand was paralyzed for a few days. So yeah, well, luckily I'm not I'm not allergic to them, so I just got a really bad sting on my finger. But you know, ammonia first, and then meat tenderizer afterwards. Does it every time? Yep. Okay. How long in the oven? <laughs> it depends on how, if you like it. If you like it rare, you know, five, seven minutes <laughs> under the broiler. But yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Anyway, also joining us in the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master. And, uh, you know, apparently he won his battle against a rogue popcorn colonel, Miles Lagan. Yeah, hi. I, I'm just having a little trouble right now dealing with all those Chinese jobs that were lost when Ivanka closed her factory. Okay, no, I'm better now. Let's play. Let's have fun. Yes. <laughs> all right. And sitting in for us tonight out of Columbus, Ohio, Kat. Hello. Thank you. And aside from five hours of driving last Saturday night, I had a really good blast of a time at uh, Kenny and Suze's anniversary party. Thank you very much for hosting. Hey, not a problem. I'm really glad you were able to make it and meet some of my family and friends. And finally, out of I almost said Columbus, I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> the lack of sleep is catching up. Uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio, sitting in for all three hours so we can talk about nerd shit, Mr. Kenny Pick. Yeah, and I just uh, got back from uh, the family reunion down in the Canton area and. Uh, had a wonderful conversation with uh, cousin Curtis and his family, 
and uh, it was a real treat. So, uh, and I see he's in the chat room. So, uh, you know, uh, of course, hey, long time no speak. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, and Kat, I got Kurt, I got uh, cousin Curtis on the uh the, the idea to do a top 20 kiss song list so we can get that plan back into into swing that would be cool all right so stay tuned yeah go right, ahead so most uh, so we're doing all nerd talk tonight uh, pro, uh also programming announcement unless something changes uh we will be taking next weekend off because I have to close the customer service desk. Mm. It's the curse of being the dependable one. Yeah, I might be able to to host for all three. I still got to get back to you on that. Okay, so we're, we, you know, we may, and also, oh my God, Kenny, you missed a bunch of great AWA announcements last weekend. St- voice acting legend Steve Blum is gracing AWA with his presence. Okay, great. You know, it's still not too late for you to come. Just, <laughs> just putting it out there. Uh, no, I understand, but uh, I'm booked pretty solid for the rest of this summer. Yeah, just I, I'm just putting it out there because we are going to paint. You know, we're gonna. I'm also working on possibly arrange because I'm part of his group where he's tutoring, well, mentoring people who want to become voice actors. And I'm working on maybe putting together like a lunch or a dinner for the group, but kind of like a meet and greet, like a meet and grope, but with less groping. Don't don't tell Jim Ward about that. He'll probably try to have the guy offed. <laughs> Jim Ward doesn't. His advice to people aspiring to be a, a voice artist is don't. You're yeah, taking work don't. from me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've heard the same from other voice actors, although it's never been stated as you're gonna take work from me <laughs> yeah i and never yeah. had that answer with anyone i interviewed at awa mm-hmm. yeah. i, I think I, it's a shtick but yeah. i will tell you adam that since we had your your the awa commitment with you it was almost severely tested because the date for the sexy liberal blue mm-hmm. wave tour in dc is on the 22nd so you are going to have us where, you know, normally we would have gone up to D.C. to see the show. Oh, so. you care about <laughs> me that much. Well, actually, no, because we've already gelled out the money for the tickets. So. Oh. oh well. <laughs> but we do love you. That, there, go, there, there goes my self-esteem again. <laughs> we love you. See, I figured that was Michelle's reason. <laughs> and I'm here. I, I thought I had a... had skills in button pushing. I had to make a joke out of it. Come on. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, Kenny, Don't you missed a lot of... turn this show around. Don't make me turn this show around. <laughs> you you yes. missed... Uh... Oh, sorry. You missed no, uh, John blackmailing me. He's, uh, yeah. he's decided to turn up the heat. Um, and if I don't talk to a girl at AWA for at least five minutes without talking about politics, he said he's going to leave the show. Uh, so I think we're going to have to, like, bar the exit, maybe fit him with an electroshock collar. Oh, are you, are you conceding the issue already? Is that what I'm no. hearing? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how it sounded to me, Miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I like to read between the lines, and that's what I heard. Let Adam be Adam is what I say. Adam, no you, conditions. Yeah, you will you will meet the conditions of his uh, writers. Well, I am sure of it. Well, here's the thing. I'm not gonna let him make any more changes. And he, he never can't said, at this point. He never said my interviews won't count. <laughs> how long? Well, as a backup plan, in theory. How long could I hold a cosplayer in a headlock before it becomes illegal? <laughs> um, I will. I will ask about that. Um, okay. But first, let's get to some stuff that we didn't get to last weekend because, again, John was blackmailing me. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and making me very uncomfortable. All right. So, I want to talk about this because. Ooh, he, you know, lo love uh, Egyptology. You know, very, very fascinating topic. Um, and uh, headline is a mysterious sarcophagus. Ooh, open in Alexandria, not Alexandria, Virginia, Alexandria, Egypt. Just so everyone is clear. That would make sense. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think that they had pyramids in Virginia, so you know. Yeah, well, you, you never know. Some people might. They found a sarcophagus in Virginia. I, I think they do. Uh, now, Kat, I'm going to have to correct you on this because I'm fairly certain if you go down some back roads in Virginia, you can see some pyramids made out of uh, appliances and cars. <laughs> and beer cans. This <laughs> is true. Toilets. And, and, and uh, there may be like a few new age shops like in Raleigh or someplace. So, sure. You know. Well, Ali is saw, North Carolina, so. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Now, I I, I did see uh, uh, quite the amazing artifact in uh, rural Ohio today. Uh, I saw a planter what had flowers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I saw a toilet what had flowers planted in it. Maybe Richmond. Richmond might have a few. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway so. Uh, Adam. Egyptian archaeologists have unsealed and opened a mysterious granite sarcophagus discovered on a construction site in Alexandria, only to find the remains of three mummies in a pool of, oh my god, leaking sewer, sewage water. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that the stuff everybody was on Twitter talking about drinking from the sarcophagus this week? Uh, I think so. Oh. Um, <laughs> Mummies uh, wrapped in toilet paper? Because those might not have been mummies. <laughs> oh, Kenny. Uh, the experts had to wear masks over their mouths and noses to block the reportedly foul smell. I'll take their word for it on it that it was foul. Well, we, we're not going to dig into that. Uh, I hope I hope that won't like be considered poor journalism on my part, Kenny. Uh, an archaeologist at the site, Shaban Abdul, said the remains most likely belonged to three military officers. Um, hmm. And it was the, the sarcophagus had been found uh, in a previously excavated section of one of Alexandria's largest ancient cemeteries. One of the one of the mummies had an had a, a trace of an arrow in the head. He was an adventurer, Michelle, until he took an arrow in the head. Oh, no, no. He's not an adventurer. He has to take it to the knee. If he took it in the head, then he's a failed adventurer. <laughs> that is true. Uh, anyway, uh, it proves he died in a conflict. Maybe that explains the three mummies in one big sarcophagus. Can you imagine that? Locked for all eternity in a sarcophagus with two other people. 
Will, if mm. you don't stop snoring right now. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I already started thinking of Three Stooges jokes before. Uh... I, yeah. <laughs> uh, University of Auckland Egyptology, Egyptology professor Anthony Spellinger stressed that granite was both expensive and difficult to cut. They would have had to take they would uh, quote they would have taken it downstream and carved it in the area and implies there was wealth involved so these were probably pretty important people. However, unusually, the three mummies were buried without any belongings. Uh, the only other item discovered at the site was an alabaster bust. Its features destroyed beyond recognition. Um, I will say I have a non a, a non conventional theory about what was actually in this uh, sarcophagus. And I think uh, Michelle might agree with me on this because I'm wondering if maybe it was uh, Imhotep. And I dug up this clip. Mm. You, know, you remember the clip we used to use because my theory was that Phyllis Schlafly was actually Imhotep. You remember that, right, Kenny? Oh, yeah. Because she looked That like would explain the sewage water in there yeah. if, if she yes. was in there. Yeah. But anyway, here, so I've dug this up. As for Imhotep, he was condemned to endure the home die. The worst of all ancient curses, one so horrible it had never before been bestowed. sealed inside his sarcophagus, the undead for all of eternity. The Magi would never allow him to be released, for he would arise a walking disease, a plague upon mankind, an unholy flesh-eater with the strength of ages, power over the sands, and the glory of invincibility. Alright, there we go. Human poop. Ugh. Phyllis Schlafly, <laughs> gone but not forgotten. Yeah. All right. Who? So, I just found <laughs> that that uh, that to be interesting because, like I said, I'm a big uh, Egypt Charlie. I mean, it's just fascinating what they were able to do with. I mean, like I said, their tools were pretty crappy. I mean, they only had access to copper, and copper is not great for cutting stone because it gets dull so quick. I mean, it's just, I mean, and against granite, yeah, granite's a pretty hard rock. Yeah, it is. Yes, but they had space aliens to help them. Haven't you listened to the History Channel lately? Come on. Now, really? Or watched Stargate? <laughs> I think I might have audio of Phyllis Schlafly in the sarcophagus. This is Phyllis Schlafly, and I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I've fallen and I can't get up. Human poop. Yeah, oh, that was Phil Schlafly. <laughs> Human poop. Uh, don't get me started on that woman and the crap that she's caused to come into existence. Oh, lordy. Human poop. Pretty much. <laughs> 
Yes, you are. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Like I said, yes, she is. All right. No. Uh, oh, I forgot. So tomorrow is my mom's birthday. So depending on where we're at in the final art, we may surprise her with the call. So okay, we'll see. We'll see where we're at. Okay. So next up, because uh, I, I really wanted to talk, I really wanted to talk about this last week in lace. It just got, you know, it just got um, kind of sidetracked. But um, I really wanted to talk about this because if you don't know his, I'm sorry, uh, if you don't know his name, you're gonna know what he worked, uh, what he worked on. Because let me see if I can, I can't find the article. Okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, if you don't know the name Shirohash Shinobu Hashimoto, you're gonna know what he worked on. He just passed away last week at age 100, so he had a good run. Uh, he passed away of due to pneumonia, complications from pneumonia. But um, mm -hmm. he he worked extensively with Akira Kurosawa, including writing the scripts for his two I would say his two greatest works, The Seven Samurai and Rashomon. Um, and as I said, he died uh, in his home on uh, last thir uh, Thursday, the 19th, and he wrote o he wrote or co-wrote more than 70 screenplays, including many of Kurosawa's classics, such as uh, The Hidden Fortress, Seven Samurai, and uh, Rashomon, and he also directed three films, including I Want to Be a Shellfish. And he was actually and right... It, it, it should be noted, too, that uh, Seven Samurai is what uh, The Magnificent Seven was based on. Yes. So if you don't know his work, you know the American adaptations of it. Yes. Um, yes. He, he kept on writing scripts until he was 90, or until he was in his 90s, and he only stopped because he suffered a stroke. Wow. Yeah. That would do it. I, I think they even gave him a credit on the, the Magnificent Seven, the remake that they just recently did in 2016. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they yep. did. You're probably uh, right. Now, just like Cressy, has, has anyone here seen uh, the Seven Samurai Rashomon? Heck yeah, yeah Seven Samurai. I saw it a long. Yep. I saw Seven Samurai a long time ago. I will say Seven Samurai. I will say Seven Samurai is a great film. But honestly, I think Rashomon is a better one just because it's a lot more focused. Whereas The Seven Samurai wants to be like all these different movies. It wants to be a love story. It wants to be a samurai story. Uh, you know, so it, it's got all these angles. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that makes it a bad movie by any stretch of the nation. It is an amazing movie. And Akira Kurosawa deserved best foreign film for that movie. Period. End of discussion. He deserved the freaking Oscar for this for Seven Samurai. He got screwed by the Academy his entire life. But I think Rashomon is a more compelling film in that it it, it no it's based off of a story by um I forget his name <laughs> but uh Ryonosuke Akutagawa and it's about the murder of a samurai told from the perspective of four different characters and the in the framing plot device of this is that these people meet at a disused bridge called Rashomon and they're discussing this this occurrence because it's pretty big news and 
everyone involved had a different story. But it's a story about the human condition. It's got a lot of Buddhist uh, themes. Um, and I just think, like I said, I think it has the stronger narrative. But like yeah. I said, Seven Samurai is a pretty damn good movie, too. I mean, if, if you can sit through it, I mean, it's the, the version I saw was over three hours. And as far as I know, that was the like the, uh, you know, complete version. That was the, you know, so. Mm -hmm. They're all amazing films, but I definitely recommend Rashomon. Nice. So, but yeah, he, yep, uh, Shinobu Hashimoto dead at age 11. Thank you for all the amazing films. You said at, at, at age, 11. age 11? Oh, 100. <laughs> yes. 100. Well, 11 times 10. No, wait, that would no, be 100. That would... No, that'd be wrong. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> no, excellent. Yeah, excellent. Seven Samurai is is one of the classics. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, I I will watch both of them. I will watch them back to back. Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven, the old oh, one, yeah. the older version. I yeah. like the newer version. I thought it was a cool reinvention of it, but to me, it was always the grit of the first two. So. Anyway, um, so he worked. He also worked on the Throne of Blood, which was Akira Kurosawa's take on Macbeth. Kurosawa mm -hmm. took a lot of inspiration from Shakespeare because I believe he also did a, a take on King Lear. Yes, that would be Ran. Yes, thank you. I thought, that, yeah, um, I haven't seen that one yet. And then he also worked on the Hidden Fortress, which George Lucas has acknowledged is a major influence on the original Star Wars film. It makes sense. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend, recommend Rashomon because it re it also features, um, I forget, I forget the, the name of the character he played. He played in the Seven Samurai. He played the, the guy who was lying about being of noble birth. Kiku, uh, okay. um, I think his name was his name. I don't know. Yeah, he would go around. He he basically stole someone's family tree information. He'd go around showing it off to prove he was a, a, a samurai by birth. Um, and he was basically the comic relief. And in Rashomon, he plays the murderer. He plays the bandit, and he's just. Re I, I'll have to get. A, I'll have to get some um, audio of his uh, laugh because it was it was very interesting. He played a uh, deranged person very well. So, but yeah, that's, I want to talk about that because we all know I'm a huge fan of uh, Japanese culture, Japanese cinema. And like I said, if you haven't seen The Seven Samurai or, or Rashomon, you need to. Yeah, oh. you, yeah you're, you're right. That was that was the Kikuchiro, um, played by Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, he died. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he's been dead for a while, I think. Yeah, but he was a yeah he I was a humorous, he... mercurial, and temperamental character. Yeah, yep. but I think I, he got... uh, I... yes. Go ahead. Well, I think he he may have gone like a posthumous award for his work, and that's why his name came up a couple of years ago. You know, I looked up the sarcophagus juice. Uh huh. I looked up the sarcophagus juice. It looks terrible. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> you, looked at, you looked at the trap? 
People want to drink it in a, some kind of carbonated energy drink form to avoid an apocalyptic event or something. <laughs> Are we sure this is serious that they actually want to do that? It's on Vice. Weird. <laughs> All right. So before... People on the internet are stupid. You've not figured this out? Oh, so challenge. Yeah, Toshiro had, a, had an interesting life. So his military career, he spent five years in the Japanese army. Yeah. He, From 1940 yeah. to 1945. So he was, he was in the thick of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I will say, and, oh. And, um, what what happened a couple of years ago that was probably why he was in the news was he got a star on the Walk of Fame, yeah. which when you consider the fact that he would have been in the Japanese Army during World War II, probably was still pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that and he, he probably didn't have a choice either. So yeah, yeah, but you know, honoring him in Los Angeles, which was under a lot of. Uh, at least hysteria about a potential Japanese threat, and he was in the Japanese army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can like see I that. Said, all right. I also figured I'd share this. So, as we, as I mentioned before, um, I'm a member of Stephen J. Bloom's uh, Bloomvox Studios community, and every now and then he issues a challenge to us. And uh, this this cha- the current challenge is called the expeditiously expedition. God fucking damn it! Expeditiously natural challenge. So basically, you're supposed to give like a legal disclaimer. You know, like those those reacts that have the you know the really fast stuff tacked onto the end. Yeah. The challenge is to deliver one of those as naturally speaking as naturally as possible, but also quickly. And so I recorded a disclaimer for our show. Um, so <laughs> I figured I'd share this. Uh oh. Warning listening to Mike Check Radio and Indie Media Weekly can lead to anger management issues, frothing at the mouth, excessive swearing, and spraining of the middle finger. Do not try this at home. We're what you call experts. So, there you go. So, we're going to share that. Hmm. Cool. All right. So, we're, we're ready for break. We're going to go. When we come back, we're going to start talking about Comic Con. Some great stuff came out. Um, I decided to take a pass on the trailer for the Dragon Prince just because that was pretty visual and that wouldn't have worked well for radio. But we do have, we do have, coming down the pike, we have the trailer for Godzilla, King of Monsters, which looks amazing. The trailer for Aquaman, which looks amazing. And there was another trailer. (laughs) What was the other trailer? Shazam! Shazam! Um... There was I did not get hit by a bolt of lightning. Yeah. I feel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was you didn't also magically turn into Captain Marvel. Come on! Uh, hey, Kenny, you can come out and stand in my yard. I'm pretty sure it'll hit you pretty soon. <laughs> the storms have been going lately here. <laughs> is it, is it magic? Is it magic lightning? Uh, no, I think magic, it's regular lightning. Magic in that yeah. it will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I mean, that's kind of magic if you think about it. No, that's actually made natural. So, sure. Yeah, let's let. Yeah, once again, my fun is ruined. Keep talking. But uh, all right, so we're gonna go and we come back. Uh, I think we will. I think we'll start CPAC by talking about the Dragon Prince because I'm really excited about this series. 
It's by uh, we'll we'll talk about, but it's by the people who made Avatar: The Last Airbender, which is probably the greatest modern cartoon. Uh, definitely the greatest cartoon of probably the past twenty years. Uh, you know, of course, uh, everyone knows I have a sweet spot for gargoyles, but uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender was an amazing series, and I am convinced that the Dragon Prince is going to be amazing as well. So we'll go over that, and then we'll start the de- the de- oh at the deep dive into uh, Comic-Con 2018. We're back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. The point I'm trying to make is that I am the most unpleasant, rude, ignorant, and all-round obnoxious arsehole that anyone could possibly have the misfortune to meet. Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
This is Janet Lee from Southern Progressive Revival. Just sitting on my porch, listen to Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Join us. We're leaving the light on. Stay with me and experience the glory of Plaid Sundays, two gigantic hours of grunge running from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, here on Indie Media Weekly. Whether it's the distorted guitars or the emotive lyricism, few can deny the lasting influence of a genre that dressed down a generation. So turn it on and get inspired. It works for me, and I know that I'm not the only one. Plaid Sundays, only on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Ciao. Yeehaw! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down to Southern Progressive Revival to hear the best and worst of Southern politics once again. We've got all brand new 2016 episodes for the low, low price of 100% free and tons of extras, including guests, rants, and flustered hosts and co-hosts. Think your credit ain't good enough? We don't care. Think you don't have nothing to hear since you ain't from the South? Well, that ain't right. You reckon that Yankee pick feller's got more class than us? Well, that might be true. But let's do this. Come listen to Southern Progressive Revival live every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Indie Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. Come now and we'll throw in a free pine tree air freshener. Wow! Indie Media Weekly Radio is proud to bring you the Thomas Jefferson Hour, a radio program that models civil discourse, critical thinking, and good citizenship. Join nationally acclaimed humanity scholar and award-winning first-person interpreter of Thomas Jefferson, Clay Jenkinson, for the Thomas Jefferson Hour, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Sundays at 4 p.m. The Thomas Jefferson Hour on Indie Media Weekly Radio. Visit them at jeffersonhour.com. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. This company's going to shoot straight to the top and stay there, like Cindy Lauper. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back. Joining me, as always, are the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Miles Legon. Greetings and salutations. Very good, very good. Also joining us out of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the Rogue DM, Dungeon Master, and Mother of Loki, uh, Michelle Yes, Legon. that is me. Sorry. Brain, that brain is kinda me and the, stroked off. And, 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 and the Loki is out and about. Oh, no. You've released the Kraken. Oh, yeah. Also joining us at Columbus, Ohio, Cat. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you're very welcome, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're always welcome here. And finally, singing for all three hours with us tonight, Mr. Kenny Pick out of Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. SDC, the SDCC 2018, all the way. Yes. You know, we should really, you know, focus on getting bigger listenership so we can, like, get picked for press passes to San Diego Comic Con. 
<laughs> so you guys better start listening the hell out of any Media Weekly Radio if you want us to, to broadcast live from Comic-Con one day. Um, who, who's going to be paying for the trip out there? Because I'm certain that the station won't be. I would have to. Um, I mean, there's no way around it. I mean... <laughs> Well, carpool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe by that point, Miles and I will have the big mobile home that where we want to get eventually, and we can pick oh, everybody nice. up and head that way. Nice. <laughs> Susan wants to buy a camper. Oh, I used to enjoy camping as a kid. It's just too like down here. I don't understand. I see people at work buying stuff all the time. The cool kids like, how can you do that when it's like a million degrees outside? I am I am okay with camping just as long as it includes air conditioning and a generator. There, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, really roughing it. Yeah, I don't I don't do that roughing it roughing it anymore. That that was uh, I don't that was one it. time I got sun poisoning and heat stroke and it sucked. Jesus Not anymore. Christ. And I had to sleep two nights in a wet sleeping bag. So <laughs> that was horrible. Did somebody else wet it? There's no, it was, a story canoe, there. it was a canoe camping trip. And oh. they weren't sealed properly in their plastic bags. And it was just, it, it sucked. It was horrible. It was torture. And it was part of a church group thing so that made it even worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, I can see that good times alright so I'm really excited about this new series um, that's going to be starring on Netflix September 14th um, The Dragon Prince it looks amazing uh, they screened the first uh, episode at Comic God Come on, Netflix. Give me something. <laughs> but um, it's by the uh, by some of the people who made Avatar The Last Airbender, which is probably, like I said before, probably the, the greatest cartoon of the past 10, 20 years. I, I would say it's definitely. Yes, Kat. Uh, sorry, I started to yawn and hadn't hit the mute button yet. Oh, OK. I thought you had something to say. I'm sorry. No, you're uh, just but... boring her. <laughs> no, uh, I, I got to thinking about the live-action Last Airbender film. Oh, that was and terrible. And thought, yeah. I'm kidding, of course. That was terrible. I sat through that. I was like, oh, come on, Carrie. Let's go see it. How bad can it be? <laughs> I thought Asif Mombi was great. Yeah, so message to uh, M. Night Shyamalan, message to M. Night Shyamalan, ding dong. This is a terrible, terrible thing you've done. Well, it's terrible. Well, Just yeah. Terrible. terrible. Or, Having uh, not seen the original, I only saw the live action and I didn't mind it. We, uh, Michelle, so I had nothing to compare take, it to. Take care of that for yeah. me, please. I think it's available on Netflix. It's a bunch of classic animations available on Netflix, including Batman the Amid series. We That's don't like have the time. When I saw uh, the movie Dune, you know, I was like, wow, this is an awesome movie. Then I read the books. Oh, these books are awesome. And then I saw the movie again. What the fuck is this? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a David Lynch movie, so it was yeah. still fun. And then, yeah. you, then you settle into the old bullshit phase of it. Oh, bullshit. Actually, oh. actually the sci-fi version the that they did was amazing. Sci-fi did really nice. Yes. Really nice. It wasn't bad. All right. So but yeah, anyway, I gave you the, the David Lynch what the hell. What the hell? Yes. Well, thank you. Dad. I love that. <laughs> All right, so All right, Adam. I, I'm, I'm telling Michelle, I think this series is going to be right up your alley. Um, so according to IGN, like I said, who, they, they screened the first episode. Um, in the first five minutes of the episode, which in the, of the first episode, which was called uh, Echoes of War, it basically sets everything up and introduces the conflict of the series, which is that uh, it's it's set in a, a world where dragons and magic exist and are pretty important, and humans done fuck things up. As they do. Yeah. Uh, they used dark magic to destroy Thunder, the king of the dragons, and uh, Thunder kept the peace between the humans and Shadow Elves. So without Thunder, of course, terrible, terrible war breaks out. So it we'll goes... the pooch on this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so in the present day, um, it starts with a um, a fight between a moonshell elf and a human scout, and the moonshadow elf decides not to kill the person she fought and lets him go. Mm. And I think that's a that's a pretty interesting choice. I really want to see this scene in question. Just see, but. Um, it's made. It's apparently made pretty clear from the beginning that humans are the the, the villain. You know, it's one of those man versus man. You know, well, I would say man versus elf is the fantasy trope, I guess you could say. But um, <laughs> the the royal family is described by Igene as they're kind of like the Lannisters from Game of Thrones, but more likable and way less incesty. Hmm. So okay. Um, the, this moon shuttle elf, Rayla, isn't the only person kind of going her own way. There's also Prince Callum, who was voiced by uh, Sokka, the guy who played Sokka, Jack DeSena, in the original Avatar Last Airbender cartoon. Um, and then they they have some lightheartedness, but then the shadow elves attack. And eventually... It elf looks attack! Like, yeah, yeah. Um, eventually it looks like I, I have my hunches on where I think the plot's gonna go. I'm not gonna say anything yet because I want to start. Wa- I want to watch the series so bad, but um. Ooh, Thank you. Oh, I remember that game. That game was was crazy <laughs> hard. Gauntlet, love it. There's yeah. nothing hard about it. All you had to do was feed it quarters. Well, and, and win. <laughs> You know, feeding quarters didn't guarantee a win there, uh, Miles. You didn't have an infinite amount of quarters, did you? Elf Yes. It's quarters badly. I actually have that on the Sega Genesis and on the PlayStation. So I have two versions of that game. All right. uh, So there's also a third main character, which is Prince Callum's younger brother, Prince Ezrin. Who apparently has a glowing toad as a pet? Wow. Um, again, I have my theories about this toad because I thought it would just be there if it wasn't important. But you never know. 
So IGN interviewed the people who are who, the people who created this series, and, and like I said, I I think Netflix has been doing great with the original content. Voltron: Legendary Defender is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troll Hunters was amazing. So I I'm convinced that this is going to be worth your time, Michelle. But anyway, here is a cut one. So first, tell us about the premise of the Dragon Prince. I know there's two princes, and there's an elf assassin. Is that right? There is. Okay. I think it's it's one of those things where you want to share the premise without spoilers. So yeah. it's an epic fantasy world where um, there's been some tension over some uh, unsavory uses of magic over the past few centuries, and that tension has come to a boil with um, the the killing of. Can I say this? Yes. Yeah, the ahead. killing of the Dragon King and the destruction of his only egg, his heir, the Dragon Prince. And this has incited a war between the magical lands and the human kingdoms. And that's where we join our characters is at the at the brink of this catastrophic mm. war. So like I said, I think that's a very uh, interesting setup, Michelle. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'd like anything with dragons. So, well, you know, yeah. give me a good dragon story and I'm happy. Like I said, I, I, I think the premise is, is good. I could see this being a great epic fantasy novel. Um, and all right, uh, anyone else have any thoughts before we go to cut two? No, I really um, I'm not very familiar with this, but it, it, I, I've been Googling it. So I didn't think I was going to be able to do all three. So I didn't re really read up on this, but it sounds kind of fun. Yeah, like I said, I, w I wish I could have seen that first episode. Come on, Netflix. Mm -hmm. Just give us a little taste. All right, uh, cut. Let me make sure this is this is right. Okay, that is definitely cut two. Cut two, go. Well, but there are two princes, though. There are two yes. princes. Do we know which one is the dragon prince? Do they know? Or is that... How do you know either of them is the dragon prince? That's, that's oh. what I'm wondering. Um, it's something that... Uh... Spoiler territory, I guess. Gotcha, yeah. Bad. We want to avoid spoilers, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then who is, who is the uh, the assassin that is sent to kill them? But I think they end up sort of teaming up. Yeah, she's a bit of a mysterious figure. Yeah. Her name is uh, Rayla, and she's this a super awesome moon shadow elf with unusual skills and uh, abilities. And uh, being sent on this this mission is testing her. Is testing her sense of right and wrong. So one of the things she tells herself is that an assassin does not decide right or wrong, only life and death. Hmm. And that's the kind of yeah. quandary she faces as she, she jumps into the story. Yeah. So one of our protagonists, uh, kind of dark. That's cool. Yeah. I, I will nice. say from what, from what I've read and heard, especially after, because this, I found this interview at the, at the very last minute. I found it this morning during break. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was at the tail of the break. It's like, oh shit, I can't edit this. Um, so I got home. I'm like, I got to get you know, got to cut this audio. But it sounds like a spiritual successor to Avatar in the in the story it's trying to tell, but at the same time more adult. Yeah, and I like that. I'm, I'm like, I, I said, I'm. Yes, I'd like to look at the animation. The animation oh, yes. looks nice and clean. The I really, really do like amazing. that. Yeah. Remember Record of the Lotus Wars? Yes. It looks like it might be like a an evolution for a more modern audience. 
it was something similar to that. It's been ages but, since I've seen that. I want to see the uncut version because the only version I saw was the horribly butchered sci-fi version. Yeah, I own mm. I own both sets the uh, the 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 pre the the regular and then the pre or the post. I think I still have to watch them over again one of these days. All right. Anyone have anything to say before we go to cut three? Uh, no, I don't. Fair enough. Next cut. Then what was sort of the idea, the impetus of the idea behind the Dragon Prince? Where'd that come from? I think Aaron, Aaron came to, had an idea for a pitch that was similar, but slightly different. And a bunch of that got sort of carried forward into what became hmm. the Dragon Prince. We sort of started talking about it, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago, basically. So yeah. I mean, the initial thing came from talking about like magic systems and this idea of yeah. like, uh, okay, well, what if there are all these kinds of magic that are kind of ancient and arcane and difficult and you need to know kind of all the, this ancient spell stuff yeah. to do this kind of magic, but someone figures out there's a quick way to do magic and that's mm. dark magic. And that's that you, you find a creature that has that magic as part of their essence and you consume it fat, quickly and... and, and and it unleashes a great amount of magic quickly. So this idea of dark magic being kind of a shortcut yeah. to great, fast power and what kind of impact that would have in a world populated with magical creatures, many of whom are intelligent in addition to being powerful. Yeah. And that's that was kind of the the start. And then we started trying to figure out who the characters were and, and, and what some of the deeper histories were of the world and yeah. that sort of thing. But it started with talking about magic. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh... My, I think the reason why I have so much trouble writing sometimes is because I tend to, I, my creative process isn't so much a process. <laughs> I I sometimes start working on characters and then sometimes start working on setting and sometimes I'll start working on the plot. Sounds like uh, it sounds like they they started with the premise and built you know fleshed it out from there, which is, I will admit, probably a mm -hmm. good a, a good tactic. Sure. You know, and, and writing is different for other people, too. So, you know, it's just, you know, almost doesn't matter how you reach it just as long as you reach that goal, you know? Right. Well, most most ideas, you start with a story, the idea, and then you flesh it out. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Mine, I always started with the end and worked towards it. Oh, OK. <laughs> that could work. As, if you know where you want to go, you can figure out how to get there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next cut. So, like, what's, what would you say the vibe of the show is? Is it straight up fantasy? Is it uh, fantasy? Is there, are there just, comedic yeah, elements? Epic fantasy, but it's funny. I mean, it's okay. it's it's in the you know in the realm of Avatar and Last Airbender, okay. right? It's yeah. it's, uh, it's funny, but there's great action. There's great heroic moments, but it's also uh, there's real, there's real drama, right? Like the characters are hopefully feel real to people and have real problems that they're yeah. sort of facing and stuff like that. So we're not afraid to go to darker places, but it's also hopefully funny and delightful. Also, will Avatar fans uh, recognize any of that show's like DNA or tone we, or style here? Yeah, we we certainly hope so. Um, you talk about DNA. A lot of the creative leadership yeah. on this show did come from Avatar. I did. Uh, our third showrunner, uh, Giancarlo Volpe, was one of the amazing directors on Avatar, and he's executive producer on this. And uh, uh, our executive at Netflix, Jenna Boyd, was yeah. uh, 
the executive on Avatar. So th there's a lot of, Jack DeSena is playing Callum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're inspired by Avatar. We're also really inspired by the Avatar audience, which is to say this audience that connected to the characters on the show yeah. in a really meaningful way. And it's so rewarding to have the experience as a creator putting that out there that, um, yeah, we're absolutely hoping to create those kinds of connections with, mm -hmm. with this audience. Yeah. So they're drawing, like I said, they're drawing a lot of inspiration from Avatar Lair Submender, which is, which I think is a good move. I, I will say a lot of fans were disappointed by Legend of Korra. I wasn't one of them. I enjoy Legend of Korra. But I also think that Legend of Korra is also a lot of the reason why Thundercats got canceled so quickly. So anyway. Yeah. Um. Destroyer Kurt was saying, I guess he's talking about Lotus War. All we had before that, I guess Lotus War, was rewatching Hawk the Slayer and wishing it wasn't so awful. But the score wasn't that bad. The score wasn't that bad. And of course, Jack yes, Pound. The repeating crossbow was completely stupid. I am not denying that. <laughs> hey, I, if. Uh, just just so you guys know, I, I did want to try and squeeze something else in here. I don't want to take away from the, the Dragon Prince, but there's another fantasy animated show I wanted to mention before we go too long. Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. Do you, do you have anything else you want to say about the Dragon Prince? I mean, I had two more, uh, well, two more cuts. But we can. I'll just do it when we come back then. You're sure? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, here's the next cut. Has it been very different working with Netflix or making a show for Netflix? Interestingly, I think Netflix of 2018 has some similarities to what I think was happening or what I felt happening at Nickelodeon hmm. back over 10 years ago, which is there is a spirit of um, originality and kind of creator-driven um, support where they, they just want to help you realize an amazing creative vision. Hmm. And uh, so it's... It's, it's been great working yeah, with them. Yeah, great partners. Do you have any additional freedom there? Are you able to get away with more? Just since <laughs> you're not on television? Get away with is not the way of right. putting yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. They are, they are they, we were talking earlier, the, they have we're actually the same standards and practices person, George Lentino, who worked on Avatar, helping us with this. And the goal is to, it's not to get away with something, yeah. but to figure out how do you tell a story in a nuanced way that allows you to explore the real depths of, of what could be happening, including big things like like um, death and treachery and, and, and big things that are happening. Um, and so, yeah, we've had a lot of help doing that. We, we think we're telling a story that's that's epic and dimensional and and we're getting away with everything, man. <laughs> that's, that's right. So it sounds like Netflix allows their creators a fair amount of um, freedom, which which is really great. Um. And I will say I, I thought I think that kind of show shows in all their series, but you know, like again, they basically let Joel Hodgson make Mystery Science Theater three thousand again. They didn't say, well, you know, this movie isn't that great, you know, won't work. So we rather you, you know, they didn't they didn't do what Sci Fi did, Michelle. Yeah, they did you know, curtail them a little yeah. bit. Sci -fi yeah, Sci Fi basically said you can only do Sci Fi and fantasy. You know. Yeah, but and, yeah. But how, how are you going to riff Reefer Madness then? You need to riff the really crappy movies, no matter what well, genre they are. 
Well, see, you notice <laughs> you notice that in the final season, they basically told Sci-Fi Ghost, "Fuck yourself! If you're going to cancel yeah. us, we're going to do we're going to do what we want." Yeah. Because they had at least two movies that were not fantasy. They had uh, Danger Diabolic, and uh, I'm going to rewatch and season ten. And especially the craptastic shorts they would rip too. See, and I think the reason why Mr. Science yeah. Theater didn't do shorts was because Sci-Fi wouldn't let them. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so. final cut here about the Dragon Prince. I just want to uh, say this real quick. In your, in your fantasy though, world, are you dealing with? Uh... Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I. I, was I just want to say one thing about one thing about sci-fi real quick. I'm so glad they changed their name to S Y F Y. Ah, Kenny Pick with the sarcasm. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I, I had no idea why they did that. Because Ignorance. Yeah, it's just like, why? why? Go ahead, Hebert. All right, last cut, and then I've got some very fascinating news for Michelle that I just found out. Uh-oh. Uh oh. In your in your fantasy world, are you dealing with uh, sort of like familiar fantasy characters like elves, uh, orcs, goblins, dragons, that sort of thing, or are you sort of trying to invent your own creatures? It's a, it's a little of both. I mean, yeah. so we do have elves, right? We've already talked about. Although I think our elves. People will discover they're a little different than what I think people, what we've seen before. There's some, we have a very different system for how our elves kind of work. So I think people will discover that as we go forward. Um, we have tons and tons of magical creatures that are sort of non-standard, I think, or, or different from what's been out there. So I, there's a bunch of tried and true yeah. awesome fantasy stuff in there. But yeah, we're trying to put our own twist on it for sure. I will say that it's not, from what I'm hearing about how much depth this world has, it sounds to me like this is probably one of the most well-developed worlds since... Uh, um, Pirates of Darkwater because they really built up that world. It's a shame it got canceled so quickly. I agree. I like I like that world. All right. Yep. So the new I just found this out, Michelle. But okay. they just started releasing the novels of Record of the Lotus War in English. The first novel was released in March. Oh, cool. I think I went to pick it up. Yeah, I, I actually might be interested in that as well, especially if it's available on ebook. It is available on Kindle, yes. Yeah. Well, I have yeah. a Nook, so. Well. Oh wait, no, it came <laughs> out. Let me see. Hold on, it came out on 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 hard in hardcover on in December, and and it was published uh for the for the Kindle on in March. So I was I was right and I was wrong at the same time. Pretty typical of me, Kenny, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. But no, I'm really no. anyway. I'm, to to wrap to wrap. I'm gonna, up. Let, I, I'm gonna let you guys wrap up here. My teeth are floating. I'll be back. Uh oh. Okay. Did, did he like laugh and knock his teeth out? Is everything okay? Anyway. No, he just yeah. It's called a bio break. Ah, <laughs> right. Right. All right. Anyway, I'm really excited about this series. I'm really looking forward to it. And again, Netflix, please, please, please consider releasing that first episode. I, I do not want to wait until September 14th. Although, that's the first day of my vacation before AWA. Mm. So it's kind of a win-win. Because I can just binge the whole thing on Friday. But uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. Miles. What do you think? You look at you, you think you might be willing to check out the Dragon Prince? Um, sure. Yes, he will be. He will sit right <laughs> beside me. 
<laughs> and he will he will give me a foot rub while we watch. There. Cat, what about you? It has been decided. Cat, <laughs> what about you, if I may ask? I don't know. I right now, um I'm like trying very hard to get caught up on two and a half seasons worth of the Arrowverse before the new season starts. Yeah. That's so that's like my priority right, right now. All right. So I'm going to put this up. We'll, we'll talk about what Kane want to talk about at, at the top of the break. But what trailer do we want to go over first? Do we want to go over option A, Godzilla King of Monsters? Option B, Shazam! Or option C, Aquaman? Godzilla King of Monsters. Miles? Yeah, sure. Go with that. Cat, although it's yeah, pretty much... I, I won't argue. Okay, Godzilla, King of Monsters, coming up next. I've got some thoughts about this trailer. Other uh, that, Not just I really like it. I'm really looking forward to this film. Um, but I, I have some thoughts. I, I I was kind of like, oh, I think Gamera... I, I don't think Gamera's in this on second thought. But that would be awesome if it were, if Gamera were, because he, as we all know... He is neat, and he is full of turtle meat. And he's friend to children everywhere. And yeah. now it's time for break. Yep, we're heading to break right now as soon as I get the music. But, Kenny, we decide we're going over, after, your, after you talk about what you want to, we're going to go over uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, the trailer. I got it. Go for it. So, unless you want to unless you want to vote to, for some, I, well, no, because it's still going to be majority. No, just stick with it. Go for it. Okay, uh, as soon as my stupid thing starts to work, because it's not loading what I want it to. Push the button, Frank. There we go. Okay, so we'll be right back after this. The end of Act 1. Intermission time. Go get some snacks! Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And now, on with the show. Attention, people of Earth. What's going Attention, on there? people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable. I can't. Anymore. There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin whoop-ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it there. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott! I reject the reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> we are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy.
All right, and we're back for our number two here on... I almost said Anime Week in Atlanta. I'm so ready for that. Uh, Mike Check Radio. Uh, continuing our coverage of C... Uh, God damn it, I almost said CPAC! Yeah, CPAC. Uh, uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Anyway, join me as always on the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida. The rogue DM Dungeon Master, Michelle Legon. Yippee, I'm here. Yay. And I, ha- I have some other good news for you. I just found this out during the break. Record of the War is available on Funimation to watch, and Rob still lets me use his account. Oh, very nice. I own them, so I don't have to watch it on Funimation. So. Well, I know, I'm just, but I'm saying I can. Yes, so get at it. So, also joining us at the Portsmouth. Port- Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Miles Lagon. Hey, hey, hey. And also joining us out of Columbus, Ohio, Kat, thanks again for sitting in. Uh, thank you very much, Adam. And I think I'm going to drop from the call and restart Skype because I'm having connection issues here. Okay. Uh, just, uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll add you as soon as, uh, you give me the go ahead. I'll remove you from the call. All right. Okay. I'm going to remove you from the call. Oh, well, she already did. Okay. Uh, anyway, also joining us out of Clevesburg, Ohio, the roar by the shore, Mr. Kenny Pick. Yes. And I'm just going to get straight into it. Uh, this is very exciting. Uh, new show coming to Netflix. Uh, Matt Groening, of course, known for The Simpsons and Futurama, has a brand new show called Disenchantment and uh, subtitled Misadventure Awaits. And it is a fantasy comedy cartoon in the style of The Simpsons. Uh, And the cast on it looks incredible. The voice actors. Susan's going to be really happy about this because the lead Princess Bean is played by Abby Jacobson from uh, Broad City. Um, it also has the talents of Nate Faxon, Eric Andre, and some very familiar voices, I'm sure, Adam. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, I'm sorry, John DiMaggio, rather. Voice of Bender. Uh, Billy, Billy West. Voice of Fry. And, and uh, well, Maurice, half the- Maurice La- yeah, yeah, half the cast of Futurama. Uh, Maurice LaMarche. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tress McNell. Oh, yeah, she's good. Yeah, Tress McNell. Uh, David Herman. Uh, and some very unexpected people, actually two people from, uh, the, the IT crowd, Matt Berry and Noel Fielding. So I know Matt Berry played, um, yeah, he's the crazy boss, uh, the second boss. Noel Fielding was the goth guy. Never forget the first time I heard them. Yeah, change my life forever. <laughs> Richmond, Richmond, Richmond the God. Yeah, yeah. He gave the he gave the the, the Cradle of Filth CD to uh, somebody at a funeral. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it looks great. Um, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh is doing the music. Of course, any Devo fans out there know Mark Mothersbaugh has been doing film scores and TV scores for a really long time, including uh, Thor so Ragnarok. Yes. And uh, yeah, so in, in, there's a little it's it's basically uh, a combination of The Simpsons and the Game of, Game of Thrones. <laughs> and uh, 
So it looks pretty great. And of course, Nat Faxon plays a character named uh, Elfo. And Eric Andre plays a character named Lucy or Lucky. I don't know, but he's like this little, just tiny little black demon looking thing. <laughs> and uh, it's an Elfo, of course, is an elf. Um, uh, Get out. Any, doesn't have a mustache. But it looks great. Um, if you want, uh, I don't want to cut into too much of your time, but if you want, I can play you the trailer. Uh, it's about two minutes long. Yeah, go for it. All right. Oh, well, no, nope, nope. That's not the one. Hold on. I, this is the one. Here we go. Uh, Your presence is requested at the royal wedding of Prince Giesbert of Bentwood and Princess Bean. Do you take this man to be your husband? No! Ah. Oh my God, this is a bad I want to tell you this right now. What happened is she said no, and then the drink, the ring fell, and then he leaned down to get it, and the throne was made of swords, like in Game of Thrones, yes. and a sword went through his head. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to be coming down off of that high. So how'd it go? I want to be in charge of my own destiny. I want to see the outside world. I want to get rid of all the diseases plaguing mankind and replace them with worse ones. Things you gotta control. I don't even know what to yell at you. I'm not so bad. Well, you did kill that one guy. I'd be fine if someone could just slide my head up a bit. Isn't there a point in everyone's life where they need to go and figure out who they are? Woo! I'm a good butcher. This is a pet shop. <laughs> What's this feeling I don't want to drink away? That's hope. I've got a bad idea. What's bad about it? Oh, never mind. I see. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Remember, the trick to not getting swept over the waterfall is swimming upstream. Got it. You can do anything if you believe in yourself. He went over the waterfall. So there you go. That's coming to Netflix August 17th, everybody. So very that's good. very Ooh. exciting. Can't wait. Me too. You know what's what I also can't wait for? What? I'm, I'm really feeling hopeful about this film, Godzilla King of King of the Monsters. Oh yes, I I am very excited. So we're just gonna get to the trailer so we can get to the discussion. Our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun, and we are the cause. We are the infection. But like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And in 
unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on. Now, I, 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 Kenny, I know you weren't, you, you didn't enjoy it as much as me, but I will say this. First of all, I think it was a good move ditching the M-U-T-O acronym and going for Titan. I like it. Not second bad, of all, yeah. Second of all, I will say, first of all, Mothra looks amazing. Yes. Did, yeah, did, did I see a Rodan in there as well? Oh, yeah, Rodan is in, the, in oh, this yeah. one. See, I, I, see, and I will say this. I was wrong. I originally thought that um, Millie Bobby Brown's character was petting what looked like a turtle's beak. And I think turtles. that's actually... Huh? Oh, tur- turtles. I think turtles. that's, that's um, Mothra in her imago form, the caterpillar form. It might be, but it did look like a turtle's beak as well, so it could it could be just uh, you know thought but of they either do way. Not, they do not have the rights to Gamera. It has to be Mothra. Oh, okay. So it's Mothra's, yeah. It's got to be Mothra. Uh, second of all, King Gila like looks amazing. Hey, hey. Can, can 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 I say though, just just for people who don't know, uh, that's L from uh, Stranger Things. Yes. So. Yeah. Levi <laughs> Brown is uh, is eleven from 11. Stranger Things. Yep. 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 Um, so I think that what's going to happen is obviously Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra are going to team up to take on King Ghidra, and I think my gut instinct, Kenny, is that because in the in the other movies, especially the uh, Showa era, King Ghidra is a, an entity, an alien entity sent to destroy Earth. Yeah. Really, yeah. you know. Uh, so what I think is going to happen is they're going to let King Ghidra loose, thinking he's one of these titans that's going to help save the earth yeah it was something locked away that they were trying you know, to keep locked away yeah king Ghidra is not you Let know fight yeah <laughs> oh yeah and i will say this all the monsters looked amazing i mean like i said mothra looks beautiful didn't get much view of rodan i will say that but See? Hmm? We didn't get much view of anything. I'm not. I'm not saying now. I'm not saying I didn't like the trailer. I just, you know, when you see the Avengers trailers, you see the Avengers in action, right? Yes. You see all this stuff going on. I just wanted to see one really clear 
like daytime shot of a couple monsters going at it for a few seconds, you know? And we really didn't get that here. But I I am excited about it. I just think people know what's in this movie. Show them a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, One thing I like about their MonsterVerse, and I think this is why it's going to work better than... What's what's the one with the mummy, the shared universe? Dark dark, dark universe. (laughs) I think... Here's the thing is that their vision of how kaiju works in this is a lot better. Because basically, all these giant monsters have a purpose. You know, like in the original Godzilla, Godzilla was a creature that evolved to beat the original Mutos, which, you know, yes. you know, um, and of course, uh, King Kong was basically there on Skull Island to pr- to protect against these reptilian monsters. I think there were Skull Eaters. I enjoyed Skull Island. <laughs> yeah. Um... So I, I really think that I really like the vision they had, and I really like that I enjoyed the original Godzilla. I think yeah, there could have been a bit mm-hmm. more Godzilla, but at the same time, it went back to the original vision of Godzilla, which wasn't necessarily yes. villain or good guy, but force of nature. Force of nature. You know, yeah. which which yeah. Godzilla was always supposed to be. Yeah. Sorry. You know. And, and, <laughs> it's okay. For all the people who complained about the lack of Godzilla in the original in the in the Godzilla remake, you gotta remember Godzilla wasn't in the original that much either. He only showed up in the third act. Yeah, yeah I have no complaints. I, I don't have a lot of complaints about that first Godzilla movie. The, the you know I, I did not mind that at all, um, and I kind of like the fact that they're doing. Uh, like again, true to the spirit of the Godzilla movies, the the, the human cast is always changing, because it, and it gives a, a it gives a, a certain greatness to Godzilla because Godzilla again is considered like this force of nature, and he's going to be witnessed by so many different people. So by not having the same, you know, not having Shia LaBeouf show up or Marky Mark and the Monkey Bunch. Um, you know, uh, like Transformers, you know, have have the world bear witness to this, not just a handful of stupid recurring characters. I think they're 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 nailing it with that. And I also found this clip. I don't know exactly what it is, but I need to play it. Great Godzilla's gonads. There you go. I I, I have to say, though, Charles Dance's line in the trailer was funny, but it seemed tacked on and contrived. Yeah, I, I, that that was yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, remember him from Game of Thrones? He's in it. It was. I did giggle at it, but yes, it's you know, it is tacked yeah. on. Yep. Well, like I said, yeah, I can see that, but like I said, we don't know. I mean, it's kind of out of context. Um, I think the, I think we will see more uh, kaiju on kaiju action in the next trailer. But I'm I'm excited about this movie. I I, I really think the the monster shared, yeah, I really think the shared monster universe has a great concept again, which is and, and I'm still convinced. Like I said, I think that uh, Ghidorah they're going to stay true to his origins and have him be like some sort of alien entity mistaken for one of these titans. Great angle. And I will say this: I think Mothra is somehow linked to Millie Bobby Brown's character. That would make sense. Um, because you know you gotta remember, Mothra is traditionally portrayed as a protector. 
Yeah, and Godzilla is yeah. there to protect the world. But Mothra, unless you do something stupid, like kidnap her priestesses, <laughs> um, Mothra, and stick them in a suitcase. Yeah. Yeah, Mothra is a protector. And and we saw, like I'm I'm assuming that was uh Mothra's imago form that we saw uh Millie Bobby Brown's character you know, touching the face of. So I think that somehow they're they're linked. I think that Mothra is protecting her. Uh, but like I said, it's all it's all theory. Just like I've got theories about who the Dragon Prince actually is, but I'm not going to say it. But um, no, I'm really excited about this film. I, I think the the Monster Universe is solid. I really am, you know, I I think that they really should have probably done a Mothra and Rodan film and build up to this. Sorry. <laughs> build up to this kaiju throwdown, but I'm still looking forward to this. I think it's going to be an amazing movie. I was going to try and play a little bit of the Mothra song. There you go. And in honor of this occasion, I figured I would end... uh, I would end this segment with uh, something I wrote during my college years because um i remember i was to kenny i was tutoring in elementary school yes and uh they did a poetry thing once in the third grade classroom i was tutoring in and my contribution was a paul buck godzilla in the classic haiku style oh cool so i dug this up and uh I double checked and made sure it is a haiku. It, it does have the the five seven five uh, syllable count, but uh, this is this is my ode to Godzilla, <clears throat> rising from the sea, belching atomic fire. Look, it's Godzilla. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. That that. Uh... Here's here's so. my here's my haiku uh, for Godzilla. Great Godzilla's gonads. Yeah, I, I didn't get enough. I didn't finish it. What was the line about belching gu- belching atomic fire? Yes, he breathes atomic fire. Ooh, I think I know what song we should hear on break. Yeah. Or yeah. is that what you're hinting at? You seriously didn't know? You just, you seriously didn't know that Godzilla has atomic fire breath? No, I did. It's just oh, okay. that belching atomic fire, I only count six syllables. Belching atomic fire. That's seven. Oh, you're making fire into a two-syllable word. Isn't fire two syllables? This is grammar talk on Mike Check Radio. <laughs> yeah. Fire, fire is just as syllable as the word right. <laughs> fire. You just, you just had to do it. All right. No, it's technically one or two. It can be done both ways. I get the way you say it with two. I get it. Yes. That's fine. It's like nuclear... In the song, song, Atomic Fire, when I pronounce the word fire on the chorus, I go, it's Atomic Fire. That's, yeah. 
So thank you, Kenny. Even though you didn't know that we would use that as justification. But that's not the proper word, and I'm with Miles on this. Oh, according to the Learner's Dictionary, it can be two. Thank you. One or two. (laughs) Not a big deal. And I don't care. It's grammar. It's really not a big deal. Okay. I just. I was only asking, was that your belting atomic fire? Okay, you thought I didn't know what fire was. I did. I was just talking about the. I that's didn't fine. think you didn't think what. I did not think that. I just was like, you really not know Godzilla has atomic fire? That's like his thing. I like turtles. Oh, I know. That's okay. I'm just going to keep hitting drops until we go to the break. <laughs> okay. But no, I'm really excited about Godzilla King of Monsters. I I, I think, like I said, I, I, like I said earlier, I really mm-hmm. think that maybe they should have at least done a Mothra film to establish their vision of Mothra. But I'm still pretty excited about this film. So, all right. So before we go to break, what should we do next? Do we want to do... Hold on, let me pull up the audio. Do we want to do... Shazam! Or Aquaman. Or uh, Go Figure. I can do Go Figure Go Figure in the middle. That, that'll that work. So, Shazam, uh, one of the two trailers, and then next segment? No, I'm saying, no, I'll, I'll do Go I'll do go Figure. I'm saying, the, the, yeah, I'll do Go Figure. Okay, then we will be back with uh, Go Figure. Go Figure right after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. Living proof that you don't have to be crazy to host this show, but it helps. <laughs> Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Atomic 
This is Indy Media Weekly, Extraterrestrial Radio. All the power without the tower. Get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. Listen to Paul's Memory Bank live every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Your DJ, Paul, will serve up a mix of classic rock, pop, and novelty music all tied together with a weekly theme. That's Paul's Memory Bank every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern exclusively on Indie Media Weekly. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, Indie Media Weekly presents the Sci-Fi Double Feature with two old-time radio shows from the science fiction and horror genre. The Sci-Fi Double Feature every Sunday and Monday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, I'm Tim Cormall, host of The Tim Cormall Show. And I'm Joe Santorsa, co-host and head mechanic of The Clown Car Garage. Each week, our guests join a roundtable discussion of the political news of the week and peek into the GOP circus tent. And of course, no circus is complete without clowns. And each week, I inspect the clown car to see what obnoxious fumes they have been spreading all around the country. So join us each week. Admission is free, but just one word of caution. If you see the GOP clown car, get out of the way. They're terrible drivers. Hey, Joe, what was that? Uh, I think we just lost another clown car. Tune in for the Tim Coromall Show on Indie Media Weekly Radio, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly Radio. IndieMediaWeekly.com Extraterrestrial Radio, all the power without the tower. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. And we are back. Join me as always on the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Miles Lagon. I don't know. So are you looking forward to some hot kaiju on kaiju action next year? Yeah. Yeah, it does look good. Very good, very good. Also joining us on the Port St. Lucie, Florida, Michelle, the Rogue DM Dungeon Master. That is me. Mother of cats. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Too many of them. But they all love me, so that's a good thing. My cats hate me. They keep trying to kill me. Oh, well, you know, my cats have tried to kill me, but in a little bit more different fashion than yours. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't think they're doing it for life insurance money because I don't think they understand what life insurance is, and I don't have any. So And they're terrible at math, as Loki pointed out earlier on on Michelle's keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. Just be great. Divided by seven? What? <laughs> yes. 
and and Loki tried to make it look like suicide on me. So, see, here Just we go. Be thankful Loki didn't try to divide by zero. Your computer would have exploded. All right. Oh. Uh, yes. Also, join us on the Columbus, Ohio cat sitting in for all three hours. A cat that's not trying to kill us. Yes, a cat that is not trying to kill me. Thank you that for not you killing know, me. you uh... know. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> well, I was going to get you a Hallmark thank you for not killing me card, but after that. <laughs> All right, and finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Kenny Pick, who was out last weekend. Uh, how was your party, by the way? It was. It went suits. off without a hitch. I got to tell you, it was the best party. And we we we've never outside of our wedding, we've never had a party where we rented a place out and had it catered and stuff like that. And I got to tell you what, House of Blues really uh, stepped it up, and it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun karaoke. I did uh, I did four songs uh, myself, uh, two with Susan accompanying me, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Rain got up there. Bob got up there. Our good friend Mort got up there and sang Dead Babies by Alice Cooper. To a stage full of children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't strike me as a Fucking good idea. Mort. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I love Mort it. Mort was uh, great. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, again, and Mort has been, you know, we've been friends since, you know, he's a little bit younger than me. He's like two years younger than me. So we've been friends since he was 17 and I was 19. We were in our very first bands together, uh, and of course, we we still collaborate with the Halloween albums and stuff like that. So, uh, hope to do that again this year. But yeah, it was great. It, it was excellent for my turn up the night family to meet my family, and you know, all the cats met my dad before, uh, and of course, Susan's birth family and her uh, her siblings, and all of our friends from throughout the years, Dragon Boat people, you know, band people. Um, not not like they're banned from anything, but they used to be in bands with them. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a hoot. The food was great. We had Jack Frost Donuts. We had Fierce Confections. The food, Cat, what did you think of the food that House of Blues did for us? I really liked it. That curried quinoa dish was really good. Hey, come on down. We got a freezer full of it. we got sick of eating that by wednesday and i do need to say once again i am jealous so jealous next come to the 25th (laughs) okay so uh or we'll make up another excuse to have a party who cares uh maybe my 50th birthday party how about that so that's only three years away um but uh but yeah so it, it was a great it was great but uh i don't want to spend too much time talking about that uh are you ready to jingle find me for go figure yep i because this does actually link to uh your anniversary and your well therefore your party right it is it so is let's... and san diego comic-con and san diego comic-con here we go Nico presents the world's greatest superhero collection. Micronaut, made of plastic and die-cast metal. The Planet of the Apes action figures. Yeah, I know it, <laughs> Now the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Superman with flyaway action. With Kung Fu grip. With bionic grip. Kenner's new Oscar Goldman with exploding briefcase. Except the activator, place Batman on it, and you can send him to the rescue. The Green Arrow, crime fighter from the forest. Iron Man, power personified. And this is Wonder Woman. 
four, using his Viking power against evil. Mr. Spock, the Vulcan, second in command. Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl, both have the powers of invisibility. Captain Action. This is a job for the Hulk. And here comes Action Man in the capture copter. New from Kenner. By Mego. Sold separately. All figures sold separately. Each sold separately. By Mego. All Planet of the Apes action figures sold separately. Sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the force be with you and your children. All right, Kenny, what are you talking about? Well, Susan uh, got me one of the most awesome gifts in the world. I'm going to start posting pictures in the chat room of it right now because I took a few new ones. Uh, but she got me the original 1970s Star Trek, um, the Mego Star Trek Enterprise playset, including not just that, it comes with very minty uh six of the original 70s Mego figures the the first five, the first six they produced which were uh Kirk Spock Scotty McCoy um Ahura and the uh a Klingon and this thing is just remarkable it, it, it and the the good thing about the Star Trek Mego stuff is it came out much later than the series was actually on. It kind of came out in the mid-70s when they were doing the Star Trek animated series. And so a lot of guys that watched the show when they were young in the 60s would buy this stuff and keep it pristine. They didn't play with it. So these And these are toys I had when I was a kid. I had Kirk, Spock, and the the Enterprise. I never had any, any of the other ones. Um... And what's funny is I had the Enterprise much later. I found it at a yard sale, kind of beat to crap. Um, but uh, it, it, but this thing is pristine. The 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 transporter still works. It has uh, all of the cards for the view screen in it. It has all of the furniture intact, which are the the, the captain's chair, the console, and the two two stools um, uh, that you might see there. With uh, I've got. Uh, Spock and Ahura sitting on them, uh, but I, I've got uh, all the pictures. The, the the it comes with the original box, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's quite a magnificent set. Um, and I, I've got another uh, close up coming in. And the great thing about these figures is this was like the first time that there was ever a product made for a TV show or a movie where you had sculpts on the actual figures that looked like the actors that played them, you know? Uh, Migo took a lot of time and attention. I mean, if you look at the bridge set, it's pretty ridiculous and full of day glow colors and stuff like that, but the spirit of the the bridge of the Enterprise is there. And, of course, I don't know if anybody under, knows what the, uh, the, the, the transporter uh, on there. If you look oh, at the pictures, yeah. I put the... The Klingon in the transporter, basically it, it has a knob, a blue knob that you spin, and then it has a little sticker on either side uh, uh, of the floor of it, and it's it's either a little blue, or I'm sorry, red dot or a green dot, and then you spin it, and if the character is in the uh, on the red side, 
then you hit the green button and then the green side. Basically, it's like an old magician's trick, you know, to, you know, make something disappear. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, that, you know, she found this set so mint and so beautiful. Uh, and thank you, Heather. She's like, yeah, those are, those are beautiful. <clears throat> those are, those are prominently on display here in Studio SB. Um, I got to dig out some of my older Migos, uh, from the attic because I've got some of the superhero ones and some reproduction ones, a couple different companies have, have, made them over the years i'm never gonna buy all original migos the star trek ones fortunately are are the ones that are probably the least expensive uh next to the wizard of oz because again adult collectors had the star trek and the wizard of oz ones and kept them very nice um and uh, the wizard of oz ones are pretty amazing too um but yeah susan got me this set very reasonably uh, I'm not going to say how much, but it was it was very reasonable for for what we got, you know, um, and, um, and and yeah, so it's it's <laughs> one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I think nice. they're great. They are actually yeah. gorgeous. The, I, the only oh, go ahead, Kat. I was going to say, I remember when I was a kid, one of um, our family friends, the kids, had this play set. Because I remember the transporter and all of that. It was wild when you were a kid, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So, I remember the ads for this on TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and But this is the... And this is... I can't even believe what happened. You know, she got this for me. And the thing was, we've been watching that, the, the toys that, um, what is it? The toys that made us. That's a great series. The Netflix series. Yep. And, and so that came out the, the, in the, you know, in, in the Star Trek one, I've watched like three times because I'm fascinated by the history of Mego too. Marty Abrams, I believe is the, the guy who, the, the son of the founder of Mego. And basically Mego used to make like, you know, five and dime toys. They had like 88 cent price point toys where, you know, squirt guns and little chintzy dolls or, you know, just, you know, whatever, just, you know, just junk that you'd find at a five and dime. And then, uh, Marty Abrams, is that his name? I think it's Marty Abrams. Um, uh, I'll have to look it up, but, um, he, he was the genius behind license licensing. And he, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Marty Abrams, that's him. Um, but you know, in, 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 you know, they, he, uh, he would bring over toys from Japan and, you know, uh, I don't want to get too much in, I don't want to spoil the toys that made us or anything, but yeah, there's the, the, the story of Migo is fascinating and there is a new development in the story of Migo and I have it here from bleeding cool news from San Diego Comic-Con, and I had no idea of this, uh, and Susan had no idea of this before she bought me this. But Mego, the Funko of the 1970s, is back. San Diego Comic-Con News by Will Romine. Um, and uh, it says, Mego, even if you don't know the name, you should be familiar with the figure. Uh, Mego was a pioneer amongst toy manufacturers for designing action figures based on popular franchises, properties, and public figures. Um... But uh, they they actually went bankrupt because they uh, they didn't take a gamble on Star Wars basically. So that's what made uh, Kenner uh, yeah. uh, you know 
uh, their fortunes. But, you know, they did other stuff like the Micronauts um, and, and, you know, and they did. But after they, they passed on Star Wars, then they were like, oh, my God, we got to pick up another franchise. So they were doing like Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon and everything else. But it was too late to save them. And they went out like in 1982. But now they're back, and it says uh, the new generation of Mego figures are going to hit Target stores July 29th. <laughs> that is tomorrow. <laughs> and what's really exciting is they are producing they're, – they're doing a whole bunch of different characters. They're doing, like, stuff – and some of them I don't, I don't really care for. They're doing, like, Cheers characters and Brady Bunch characters and stuff like that. And they're doing some 14-inch characters. They're doing, like, Wonder Woman and Harley Quinn, stuff like that. I'm not so interested in that. But what they're doing is they are making, because Mego never did this back in the day, they're making a Chekhov and a Sulu. So at midnight tonight, I need to be on the Target website <laughs> to see if I can get these figures. Because they're price-pointed really low. And if I can't get them, they're, like, 15 bucks a piece. And if I can't get them on, on the website, I know they'll be on eBay for $40 tomorrow. Um, so you know, they're doing Married with Children, I Dream of Genie, all kinds of other stuff. But Chekhov and Sulu and a two-pack set of Kirk and Spock from the Mirror Dimension. Spock with a beard. <laughs> they're doing evil Kirk and Spock. I have to get those figures. And um, and it looks like the, the the card is teasing a new Gorn figure, because if anybody th knows anything about the history of the Gorn, the Gorn oh, figure basically yeah. sucked. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> they they basically took the the head of the lizard from the spider uh, you know the Spider Man villain that they made from Marvel. They took the head of the lizard, cast it in brown. The Gorn was green. Um, and put put him in a bot a planet put him on a Planet of the Apes body and gave him the Klingon uniform, and you know they they did a really bad job on some of the aliens, but um, uh, but yeah, so so they're doing a new Gorn, which is exciting, and I think a Romulan commander, if I didn't already say that, but seriously, I'm so excited about this. Susan did not know about Migo coming back before she got this for me. I had no idea, and San Diego Comic-Con rolls around, and I'm going to be able to complete my classic crew. Look at that. And more. Very good. That is Very so good. neat. Yes. I like that. Yeah, I'm pretty excited because, you know, I mean, Migo's done some, some you know, you know, and they revolutionized it. I don't know if you guys know this. But um, the they used to put the figures in little narrow boxes with a, a cellophane window on the front. And then um, Kmart, which was known as something else back in the early 70s. I don't remember what it was called. But they were like, this doesn't work. People are opening the boxes to look at the figures and stuff like that. You need something else so we can hang them on pegs, you know, because that was the thing. They were like, we, we, we've got pegboards and and, you know. We so you know if you want us to keep carrying your stuff, it needs to comply with our display, our pegboard displays. So what did Mego do? They invented the blister pack for years. <laughs> I mean, the blister pack had been around for a while for other products, but they they were the first people to put action figures in blister packs. Everything before that was pretty much in boxes. 
So, uh, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, Marty Abrams was a genius at marketing. It's a shame what happened with the Star Wars license. But um, uh, uh, Mego has been such a part of my life for so long. Well, you know, I mean, well, you know, all through my childhood uh, for, you know, a good thir- 11 years, I think. Um, because I had the superhero stuff. I had the Planet of the Apes stuff. I had the um, the the Star Trek stuff. I also had the, they they also did Pocket Heroes, which were kind of the Star Wars scale that they did with, you know, the different superheroes. I had uh, all kinds of weird other stuff they did, like you know, toy guns, and um, I think I had a phaser uh, that shot little discs. Um, and uh, one of the very first interactive um, electronic toys, Two XL, which was. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that. Cat, do you remember 2XL? The name doesn't ring a bell, but if you describe it, I might remember well, it. It was this little robot that had an 8-track player in it, and he would ask you trivia questions, and you know, and it would give you multiple-choice answers, and you would hit A, B, or C, and like each one. Yeah, each I remember I that. that. <laughs> I still have that in the attic with a bunch of the original 8-tracks, and basically... You'd push a button and it would go, you know, would tell you if you were right or wrong. And then it would ask you another set of questions. So, um, so yeah. And uh, Marty Abrams developed the power glove for Nintendo. So, you know, that was, that was pretty revolutionary. Uh, but yeah, so, so welcome back, Mego. I got to say, I'm really excited. And uh, I have a, I have a reminder set for 11.59 p.m. Eastern to see if those figures go on sale tonight. <laughs> at Tar- I, I'm looking at a picture right now of the Sulu figure, and that's a really well-done figure for Sulu. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I, I, and it's keeping, uh, it's, it's a good likeness, but it's not like an exact likeness. And, and I yeah. appreciate that because they're keeping with the spirit of the original, toy line the characters look like the actors but not exactly like the actors, right you know so uh, you know they'll they'll fit in very well and of course in 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 true Mego fashion all of the weapons the tricorder the phaser and the the communicator are all in powder blue <laughs> yeah so, um i love that and if you're a bad guy you can get red phasers and <laughs> So yeah, so that that's it. My my anniversary tied in very nicely with San Diego Comic Con in a very strange way. Yeah, I, yes. I do like the the Kirk and the the Spock figures though. Those look fun. The, the mirror, mirror ones? Yeah, yes. those are cool. So uh, again, you know, keeping in, in very much uh, in um, with the uh, the spirit of the the, the designs from the seventies. You know, they didn't go overboard. I, I, you know, it's like I see um, a lot of people, and I, I'm actually probably going to start getting back into custom figures because I used to do custom figures uh, back in the day. I would do like the, um, like the, oh, what were they called? Like the Total Justice scale figures, you know, like five inch figures, something like that. Um, back in the early 2000s with my buddy Bob, that we worked, we worked on comics together, and I made a hefty amount of money on eBay selling them. 
Uh, but I'm seeing like people do custom Migos now, but they kind of miss the mark and they're making them look a, a very modern and they're not using the kind of the, the mindset of what they were capable of making or what they could afford to make in the seventies to make a character, you know, make a, a decent representation of a character without going too overboard, you know? So, uh, so I think, and, and guess what next year, Migo Meetup Cat is in Columbus, Ohio <laughs> on, on my birthday. Oot. June 15th, June 14th and 15th next year. So on so, Trump's and my birthday. So you're saying you're going to be down here for that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Want to go? I don't know. I'm not. It's kind of long range for me to be trying to plan yeah we'll we'll try and meet up uh either way you know uh, in or out of the the meetup you know yeah what's what's funny about the these figures there's a lot of customization going around and stuff like that because i um i had a friend that did the briar horses she would customize briar horses for people okay making them into zombies and stuff like that or you know different different themes for those those figures and those are that's a that's a big thing as well so i can understand that that that's a pretty cool thing to be into takes a lot more creativity than i have i just paint little tiny little 25 millimeter Uh, figs i don't think so so. i i think it, it, it takes a lot more skill to do what you do i think it just takes like a plan and thought and you know if if at some point I'm going to teach myself how to sew little costumes. <laughs> oh, that'll be cool. So, so that's that's going to be the fun thing. But I, I will tell you this on eBay. I'm very excited about this. And my goal for for doing customs is I probably I'm probably going to stick to doing the more more of the superhero customs because that's what I used to do. Um, I'm only going to do customs that uh, of characters that existed while Mego was in business for its original, you know, run of making these figures. And I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to go overboard. I want to look at it and say, what would Mego have done in the 70s? You know, WWMD. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, uh, you know, so, and, and I bought, a, actually, some, uh, I bought a Metamorpho, um, cloth costume from ebay the other day and i'm excited about that now all i have to do is do his his belt and uh the head and customize a body to have two different colored hands because half one one hand needs to be orange one needs to be purple so anyway i'll shut up now but because it's time for a break i'm sorry adam that that took the whole segment no no it's fine it's fine Uh, i'm glad i'm i'm happy that you got such a nice present for your anniversary and uh, this event you're mentioning, uh, you know, uh, starting uh, later this year, I start getting more vacation time. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll make a pilgrimage, and you can show me hey. around Clevesburg. Yeah, you get to Cleveland, and we'll take you to Columbus, and you know, uh, we'll go to the Migo meetup. And one year they have other. You, they just don't year, have just Migos. Don't one year we'll find a way mer- to get. We'll find a way to get you, get you to AWA for some fun. Not that Cleveland won't be fun, too, I'm go. just saying. You know, equivalent exchange yo. is my point. Right, Michelle? Yo, there you go. I, I was thinking, like, another sexy liberal show or something. See? 
that, uh, yeah, that would, don't get me wrong, that would be fun, but uh, that might be too rich for my blood. We'll see. All right, we'll be right back. Oh wait! Before we go to break, uh, I, I, you know, I just figured I, I figured this was worth mentioning. Um, someone destroyed Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Hawk, Hollywood Walk of Fame, meaning again he's, not, he's now down to six Horcruxes. Womp womp. <laughs> so, I yeah, I had to make. I the don't joke. really care, do you? No, I don't care. I care, do you? No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm using Trumpisms. I really don't care to you and womp womp. Oh, okay. Oh, that's not what I meant to do. Sorry. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, wait, we got to decide. What are we going to do next? Are we going to do Shazam or are we going to do Aquaman? I go, I say Aquaman. Shazam. Yeah, okay. me too. Aquaman. Miles? Yes. All right, Cat, Aquaman? Sure, but we're never going to get to other things like Supergirl and stuff like that the rate we're going. We'll, we'll make we'll, time, don't worry. We'll, we'll, if we, I, I'm off tomorrow, guys. I got time. I don't have a lot to say about Aquaman, uh, and I'll keep it brief on Shazam. All right, here we go. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. You were totally badass, all swinging that scissor blade around, dressed up like a hooker. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. Attention, people of Earth. Attention, people of Earth. Do not be alarmed. Stand by for an important message. Stand by for an important message. And now, Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Oh, please let it be fantastic. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. It's rather good, isn't it? Hey, I'm just enjoying the show. Inconceivable. I can't take it anymore. There's no need for that attitude. Don't make me go to the larder and unseal a tin of whoop ass. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. How freaking cool is that shit? Great Scott. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Nice, right? I learned that one from you, guy. Bang it out. <laughs> We are going live. Yeah. Feel free to hang around for a while. Oh, God, this makes me happy. And we are back for the final hour here on Mike Check Radio. Join me, as always, out of the great city of Port St. Lucie, Florida, the rogue DM Dungeon Master, Michelle Legon. 
there is a Loki on my shoulder, and I'm fully expecting him to try to steal some of my sandwich. Uh, see? Cats are evil! Evil! No, they aren't. They're trying to kill me once trying to steal Michelle's sandwich? That's pretty damn evil. No, 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 no. Anyway, also joining us on the Great City of Port Stanley, Florida, the GM Galaxy Master, Miles Legon. Hey, hey. All right. Uh, and out of Columbus, Ohio, Kat joins us. Thank you for joining us again. Cats are not evil. Some are mischievous, but they aren't evil. Fair enough, I guess. All right, and finally, out of Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Kenny Pick. Uh, yeah, I think we should, uh, to ensure that everybody gets to talk talk about what they want to talk about, let's do this uh, uh, DC, whatever the hell they're calling the, the DC Expanded Universe or whatever the hell they're calling it. Um, I, we should we should do Aquaman and, and Shazam uh, in this segment. All right, I'm I'm on board this plan, so let's get to it. Aquaman. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. They made me what I am. Permission to come aboard? I've been looking for you. Your half-brother, King Orm, is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pep talk ever. I want to strap in. Welcome home. My brother has come from the surface to challenge me for the throne. I call it an ass whooping. I'm no leader. I came because I have no choice. I came to save my home and the people that I love. You think you're unworthy to lead because you're of two different worlds? That is exactly why you are worthy. That was awesome. The war is coming to the surface. And I'm bringing the wrath of the Seven Seas with me. We're here. What are you doing? Wait, wait, wait. She never parachute. Redheads, you gotta love them. <laughs> All right, so I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm experiencing hope. 
that this isn't going to be a, a bad movie, Kenny. I'm worried. I'm worried I'm having yeah, a stroke. Yeah, I'll just say what I want to say about this now, and I'll leave it up to everybody else to discuss. I, I think it's kind of nice. Uh, you know, the, the humor is there. It looks a little more toned down than uh, Jason Momoa was in, in Justice League. I think that was kind of a Joss Whedon thing here and there, getting rid of the kind of booyah kind of bullshit. Um, you know, good some good one-liners in there. I, I do want to say it looks like they kind of flipped his um, um, origin on its head where he was rejected by Atlanteans in the comic books, whereas the movie is looking like he's rejected by, um, you know, uh, it, it, I don't know how it reflects to the current um, origin, but the old one was he was, you know, cast out because I think he had purple eyes or something like that from from Atlantis um, and he was considered a half breed whatever so it looks like they're kind of going the you know uh, uh, <clears throat> landlubbers hate him in this and another interesting th interesting thing is uh, uh, Patrick Wilson um, as uh, Oren uh, or Ocean Master they kind of gave him the clean cut blonde Aquaman look so I think that's a kind of a, a, a neat hat tip. And Patrick Wilson, if anybody doesn't know, he he was uh, Night Owl in Watchmen, done a bunch of other great stuff, including the Conjuring movies. Uh, he's a great actor. So casting him as a villain in the DCU is awesome. Ocean Master is great. And last thing I'll say is Black Manta looks fucking amazing. Yes. And I'll shut up now. I've got a gut feeling Black Manta is going to betray Orm. Get out of here. I know that, right? That's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it, there's a word for that. You know, a villain. Inconceivable. Uh, Inconceivable. But uh, so anyone have any thoughts about Aquaman, about the Aquaman trailer? The um, the shots of Atlantis are just absolutely amazing. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, these yeah those shots. I mean, the and the the thing is that the establishing shots of Themyscira in in the Wonder Woman we were amazing too, and mm -hmm. like I said, I, I think that the smartest thing Warner Brothers did was kick Zack Snyder to the curb. Um. Uh, yes. I what I like is um it looks like the uh, the, the 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 effects they're doing with the CGI of the sea creatures on both sides. Look pretty spectacular, and my God, laser eye beams from Manta! You know, <laughs> ripping, ripping things apart. That looks really, really nifty. So good. I want to ride a shark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when those sharks. Those sharks almost look prehistoric. You know. Oh, and I told Susan when I watched it, I was like, I'm fucking sold. They got giant uh, seahorses that they're riding. So good. Yeah, I mean they're they're keeping some of the. Oh, sorry, cat. Uh, I I was just gonna say, this is has me almost as excited as Wonder Woman had me. So, Good. considering how awful Justice League was, <laughs> yeah. so much potential was wasted. So much potential was wasted with Justice League, but no, I like yeah. it's looking really good. Um, I, I still, you know, Jason Moe as, as, as Arthur Curry, great casting decision. I think it's going to pay off big with this movie. I really do. Um, I what do you think, say, Miles? 
Yeah, I do like it. The action scenes, um, the humor. Uh, just try and make it funny. Don't go with the the really dark stuff that they did before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just um, yeah, I'm all for more humor. Uh, I, I like the, you know, the challenge. You know, good origin story. Uh, just just tell a good story. I will say, before we get to the next, I think Marvel is making a huge mistake basically seeding Comic-Con to, to DC. There was no reason why they shouldn't have had a, a, a Captain Marvel movie. Or a, a Captain Marvel trailer. It's like they think that because they, it's like they think that because they're so big now they don't have to show up. It's like that's not how it well, works. Well, Adam, I, I think that there's a really big push to make New York comic-con as big as san diego and i think that marvel is holding back to try and do their big rollouts at new york interesting theory what do you think kenny before we get to shazam uh i think that's a good theory Uh, i think it's a real good theory because i i think marvel knows what they're sitting on um and they they're they're building that anticipation especially after seeing you know Ant-Man and Wasp i i think that they want to string people along a little bit more and and, and they have the they have the entertainment capital as it were uh or political entertainment capital to to uh stretch that out a little bit this convention was basically was DC's to lose, and fortunately they didn't. I don't yeah. think. I mean, this was probably a good year for them to sit out just because DC did put out a pair of great trailers. I'm just saying it feels yeah. like that. It feels like because they didn't do anything last year that I can recall. Mm. So, my, like I said, I'm just worried that they're kind of seeing the plate. But they did have some Wonder Woman 1984 footage that we're we're not going to be able to see until next year. Boo. See, so they had DC had three big things there. Yeah. So you know that. So so that's um, they, they, if they would have fucked this up, man. You Marvel know, like I said, it was they, Marvel would have mopped the floor with them if they screwed up. Oh yeah, yeah, and they they Marvel still will. But I think this is DC finally bringing their A game. And I think they, they, they've gotten a lot of studio interference out of the way and just said, look, give the, you know, they learned a good lesson from giving Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. And uh, they're like, all right, more of that. Yeah. Which is all what right. Marvel does. Yeah. And, and And I think that attitude is showing in what we have next, which is... Shazam! The Shazam trailer. (laughs) We're just going to dive right in. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance. Because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. 
<laughs> if you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. What, you need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey. Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Bailey Bats. I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam! You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. BM, you just got Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock Mercedes. If I quit this season, Whoa. I still be Mercedes. You okay? Why are you talking? BM, sit down. You know, I don't think that's gonna buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. The hell? You're like a bad guy, right? Gentlemen! You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> Sorry about your window, but night. you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, stop, I'm a superhero. <laughs> Again, I'm experienced. It's either a stroke or it's hope. <laughs> well, it's actually humorous. I yeah. like it. Yeah, that was that yeah. was a good choice, amping up the humor. This to me, I, I'm looking. I, 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 I'm more looking forward to seeing this than Aquaman. Me too. I, yeah, I remember the comics, and that makes me giggle and laugh. Yep. I remember the Saturday morning cartoons. Me too. Yeah, love that. And uh, and the it, live action uh, where they were driving around the desert in a Winnebago. I don't remember that so much, but I remember the cartoons, and I can remember as a little kid when we'd watch that, and my dad would say, stop calling him Shazam, his name is Captain Marvel, because my dad watched the Captain Marvel movie serials when he was a kid, so so it was like one of the first superhero things that my dad bonded with us over. Well, and I'll give a brief history on why that was, because DC Comics sued Fawcett Comics out of existence that produced the Captain Marvel comic books. And then they ended up retaining the rights to the Fawcett Comics Captain Marvel character who said Billy Batson said Shazam turn into Shazam or into Captain Marvel. And but Marvel Comics somehow acquired the name Captain Marvel and started putting out their Captain Marvel comics in the 60s. 
And the 70s rolled around, and DC was like, okay, we're going to put out our own Captain Marvel comics, but we can't call it Captain Marvel on the cover. So they were like, we just call it the, the Shazam or the magic of Shazam, the power of Shazam, whatever. And so for us, Kat, who were 70s babies, yeah. we saw these comic books and the cartoons and everything, and it's called Shazam because they couldn't call it anything. But, you know, within the pages of the comic books, they – up until about 10 years ago, they still referred to Shazam, this this character. They still referred to him as Captain Marvel within the pages of the comic books. But no, knowing that that, that was going to be an issue going forward to try and, you know, and I think Jeff, no, it wasn't Jeff Johns. I don't remember who did, who did it. But um, uh, somebody basically said, all right, let's just fucking go all in on calling him Shazam. Get rid of the Captain Marvel. Get rid of Captain Marvel Jr. Get rid of all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, so it's a very convoluted and long, drawn-out lawsuit and and weird legal things with Marvel, DC, Fawcett, whatever. But yeah, so so it just makes sense now. And yeah, people like your dad, Cat, uh, understandably so, uh, you know, we're, we're probably irritated. Because I have a one of those... Uh, Pepsi Super Series glasses they gave out at like Burger King or whatever in the 70s yeah. that that has Captain Marvel on it but it says in big yellow letters beneath the character Shazam yeah you know I, I kind of think of it in sort of a way of my dad's generation's version of all of these fanboys who get all twisted out of shape yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's good to have an appreciation of the history, but going yeah. forward, he is going to be Shazam. He's never going to be Captain Marvel. Um, but it, it, what's weird, though, is what is he going to call himself? Because if he says uh, Shazam, he's going to turn into Billy Batson. So, um, so, so it's going to be interesting to see how they work around that in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know but that that'll be interesting yeah wasn't it um maybe maybe i remember the live action one too because i i swear i remember there was also like a shazam and isis power hour or something yes, like that that's exactly uh, it. and yes. migo made shazam and isis figures in the 70s too <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Man. Thank yeah, you. I do remember ISIS. Yep. Yep. Back when oh. it wasn't a bad word. <laughs> no, that was a fun little series. Yes, oh, it God. was. It was horrible, but it was fun. I, 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 I watched the opening sequence for that show once about a year or so ago, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so problematic. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Destroyer Kurt says, I love the moment in Kingdom Come where Billy Shazam casts down Superman and uh, and uh, drives high into the sky. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you, Kurt, for bringing up Kingdom Come because Shazam was such a great integral part of that, that series. Alex Ross and Mark Wade. And by the way, Kurt, I just dusted off my leather-bound edition <laughs> of uh, Kingdom Come uh, on Friday. Or, no, Thursday, Thursday. So I was redoing the shelves. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, and Adam, did you finish reading Kingdom Come? 
I'm about halfway through it. I just need to sit down and get some. Yeah, but time. I said it to you half ago. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not. It's only like 200 pages. And All right, it's not I will finish it. I will finish words. it tomorrow. I will finish it tomorrow because I am off. <laughs> Do it. It, it. It'll inspire you. It'll inspire you uh, uh, to see uh, uh, the Shazam movie. Well, and I will say this: I wonder how much long, how much longer it's going to be before the uh, the racist motherfuckers that vote for Trump come out for come out and whine about how Shazam's not a Shazam's a white man, not a black man. You know, as in the well, you wizard. know, if they read, if they actually were could read and <laughs> read the recent comics with the Shazam in them, they would realize that Shazam's been black for almost ten years now. The wizard Shazam's been uh, dark skinned for a while now, but then all of a sudden the movie comes in. The wizard black. Oh. I, I, I'm being, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that. No, I'm sorry. They make me so fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like, well, it's like real... current source material, you stupid fucking racist assholes. But, but really, even in the 70s, he wasn't white so much as he was Arab. Uh, yeah, I can I can see a little bit of that. Yeah, because there, but in that that's the thing. Yeah, I mean the the mixed mythology on Shazam has always kind of been up in the air. So, well, 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 any any sort of that mythology, you know, how many of them think that Elizabeth Taylor is the epitome of uh, Cleopatra? You know, uh, really, white people are yeah. great, so it's okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, you know, and Welsh Richard Burton is Mark Antony from Italy, you know? Yeah, it, it happens. You know, they, these guys are brought up on a media culture. They don't even bother to do any real research. They don't even look into history because it's all spoon-fed to them. And they think, well, the movies have to be real. So, hey. Look, uh, they're just a bunch yeah. of fucking stupid babies that don't fucking learn the source material or history or anything else, it's just like, well, I know that I'm white and I'm great, and all other white people are great as well, and I saw this one thing, so it also reinforces that white people are great. Even Russell if they knew the source material, they'd still be racist. And, and, and Russell Crowe took his family on a boat with a bunch of animals and survived the flood. There we go. He did. He sure yeah. did. Yeah. God, that movie was terrible. Well, yeah. I watched it for God's sake. I don't even yeah. know why. I must I, have been I, on a dare. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. All I know is the <laughs> don't ever watch it, so. movies on a dare. It never yeah. ends well. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Trust oh, me. Oh no no no! I know why I watch it. I know I watch it because it pissed off Glenn Beck. So I was like, oh okay, I'll watch it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Because it, it had stuff about evolution in it too, which was awesome. Yes, that, and that's... I hear it was like a big fantasy fun fest of uh, of, of special effects, and that's all. No real plot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's a that's a fair reason to uh, to to do it to piss off Glenn Beck. I I support that that that. uh, But all right. So yeah, like I said, some great offerings from DC. I'm very excited. And yeah. So after the break, are we gonna talk like like Teen Titans and Supergirl and really cool stuff like that? We'll do a free for all. I'll shut my mouth since I had that whole segment about uh, action figures. 
Very you cool. We value your input, I Kenny. Just want to make everybody gets to talk about what they want to talk about because I, I'm feeling good about what I've what I've spoken to him. Fair enough. Wait, no more time arguing. Go to break. <laughs> yep. Time for break go time. to break. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's gonna be. I, I think next year is gonna be pretty exciting, and you know, Captain Marvel. Uh, Infinity, whatever the next Avengers movie is going to be called, we'll, we'll just call it Infinity War part, you know, part two, just part two, for, you know I'm sure they're not going to call it that but until they reveal the name Thanos gets a rude awakening, awakening. there we go well, you know, they, <laughs> they actually revealed something I found interesting, and that is Shuri survived the snappening which means he's okay. really screwed. The, the next one is going to be titled If I Could Turn Back Time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and, all, and all I can say about the Ant-Man, uh, the Wasp and the Ant-Man is drum kits are still not a thing. Sorry. <laughs> but go. you had to do something when you were tethered to home. Come yes, on. I know. But electronic <laughs> drum kits, really? Use a real drum kit, damn it. Well, you know, like, I, I, if, all right, we'll be right back after this to finish <laughs> out the show. We may be able to squeeze in the call to my mom. We'll see. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I think he's like the thing. He only imitates human behavior. He's not actually human himself. Mike Check Radio with Adam Heber at Indie Media Weekly Radio.
Hi, this is Tim Coromall from The Tim Coromall Show, and you are listening to IndieMediaWeekly.com. Extraterrestrial radio, all the power without the tower. Well, hello there. This is Kenny Pick. Thanks for listening to Indie Media Weekly. Be sure to check out my show, Turn Up the Night with Kenny Pick, live every Tuesday and Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. For those who dare. And I'm Nick Sadler. And I am Jody Hamilton. We are from the bunker. So we do a one-hour weekly podcast. Where we get to speak our mind about stuff from a liberal perspective. We will be on Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. We are so excited. If you don't have any right-wing friends, you'll feel at home with us. From the bunker. With Jody Hamilton. Nick Sadler. And Richard Beatty. On Indie Media Weekly Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is metal aficionado Kenny Pick. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, it's Gods and Monsters. Gods of Metal and Monsters of Rock, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Brace yourselves for two big hours of hard rock and heavy metal, selected from my own personal music vault. You'll hear classics from the extended family trees of Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Kiss, heavy metal standards like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Dio. You'll get a heap and a helping of power metal, speed metal, thrash, melodic, glam, you name it, it's here. Except death metal and new metal. I do not like that stuff. You'll hear guitar virtuosos and shredders from the Leviathan and Shrapnel Records catalogs. Rare gems from the new wave of British heavy metal. Some guilty pleasures in the form of 80s hair metal. And rock and metal from around the globe. Gods and Monsters. Every weekday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and be sure to listen to my music program, The Night Show, every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern, right here on Indie Media Weekly. The Night Show features a broad selection of eclectic music from my personal library, as well as your requests. So be sure to visit IndieMediaWeekly.com and find the tab for The Night Show. Join the chat and submit your request every Friday from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern on The Night Show. Only on Indie Media Weekly. IndieMediaWeekly.com for those who dare. You're listening to Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert. Yes, master philosopher, alchemist, and eternal love. Oh, enough of that. We don't have time for your long-winded self-introductions. Mike Check Radio with Adam Hebert at Indie Media Weekly Radio. That is true. We don't have time for long-winded self-introductions. So... Port St. Lucie, Muslagon, GM Galaxy Master. Yeah, he's getting food, but I am here food. to say hi for him. Yes. Very good. Uh, Rogue Dia, Michelle Lagon, Port St. Lucie, Florida, too. And that is me! Yay! Cat, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Cleveland, no, Columbus, Ohio. Sorry. <laughs> hi, hi. <laughs> Can you pick Cleveland, Ohio? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Shazam! Woo! 
There we go. And we are back. Alright, uh... Mostly. Leave me mostly. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Fair enough. Alright. So I guess now we're gonna get to the assorted stuff, and Kat has some stuff that she's really excited about. Um, yeah. And in the past, I've made no, uh... No bones about the fact that I was not much of a fan of how the Supergirl TV series started out when it was on CBS because it was it was very definitely a part of the Arrowverse um, all of the different DC related shows on uh, the CW but uh, because it had the same production team and all of that but where a lot of the shows that were on CW were much more diverse as far as um, the characters were concerned. When when Supergirl was on CBS, it was markedly uh, attempting to be heteronormative and to, to fit in with the big three network sort of ideas of what was acceptable for TV. And so I was not a big fan of it. I watching them during first run, I only got through like the second or third episode before I gave up on it. Initially when watching them on Netflix, I didn't get much further. Um, but after Comic-Con last week, I, I got excited about, the show I I plunged back into where I left off on it and actually as the first season went on it was trying less to make a point about being what was acceptable to CBS's 65 plus demographic uh, and so so it improves after you get past the uh, the first few episodes. That being said, I knew that in season two, once it moved to CW, um, Alex Danvers, uh, Kara's adopted sister, was revealed to be gay and in a relationship with another woman, which was wonderful. I haven't gotten to those episodes yet. It's part of my having to plow through about two and a half seasons of the Arrowverse at this point. But the thing that really got me excited was uh, when they talked about the upcoming season because they're going to have the first trans character, trans superhero character on television uh, in the coming season. And it the uh, character is going to be played by a trans actress. And, That's awesome. Yes, I'm absolutely thrilled by the casting. Um, the actress who's playing the part is somebody that I've known about for roughly five or six years, ever since um, when she was a... I. I think it was her freshman year of high school. And 
her um, school, she was transitioning at school at that point in time, and her school was trying to prevent her from using the facilities that matched her her gender that she was going to be presenting at as and her uh, she and her family sued the school district and this was in the state of Maine we're not talking Virginia we're not talking somewhere in the deep south oh, we're yeah. talking Maine you know you can't get any more Canada in the US than Maine <laughs> well yeah I've got cousins up there there are some areas of that that well, are still very deep you know, yeah, yeah. You, you get you get uh, north of Bangor, and it gets pretty deliverance pretty fast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> up in the Pinewoods, but um, where where this family lived was, I think, in Lewiston, which is still on the edges of civilization up there. But um, so so I've known of Nicole for a number of years now, and. I'm super stoked for her. Um, I kind of wish she would have had an opportunity to say a little bit more at the panel. They, whenever there were questions that were put to the uh, to the panel as a whole from the audience, it seemed like everybody else got a chance to answer except for her. Mm-hmm. But but. Um, when they when they brought her on stage to introduce her as playing the new character and the the uh, the character's name is uh, Nia Nall, uh, the hero name is Dreamer. Um, she's you you could tell when she was talking about the character how super excited she was to have been cast in the part and to have the opportunity to do this. So so I'm really going to be watching to see how well the the story the story is written mm-hmm. and everything but uh it's it's a really big huge step and i'm looking forward to it a great deal yeah you know and uh cat uh in in the chat room uh there was a um a discussion about the movie zardoz um it, it, this is Supergirl related, by the way, uh, and and there there's also a character who appears in the Supergirl uh, series uh, called Vartox, and it, the character is based on in the comics was based on Sean Connery's character in Zardoz, uh, and he was like a, a an alien super foe for Superman back in the day, but and I don't know much about Vartox on the show or anything. But I mistakenly told Curtis that the character's name was Rodox and not Vartox. And (laughs) Curtis said, did you do a Google image search for Rodox? (laughs) And he's like, I did, LOL. So I went and I did a Google search for Rodox, R-O-D-O-X. Folks, don't do it. <laughs> I, that was a severe fuck up on between Vartox and Rodox. Um, I I don't know how I got the name screwed up like that, but uh, Rodox is totally like seventies porn. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, which is not far off from from Zardoz, uh, really. You know, Sean Connery in a red diaper and thigh high boots, whatever. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, but yeah. So 
It's Vartox, not Rodox, everyone. Go and ahead. One other thing that I discovered when looking up information about the new season of Supergirl, or yeah, of Supergirl. Um, apparently, they're also going to introduce Batwoman into the uh, Arrowverse this season. I heard that. I heard that. And if and, and if you know anything about yeah. uh, the the current setup in the DC universe. Batwoman is openly gay. <laughs> yeah, Kate Kane. Uh, she was introduced in. Um, well, originally Kathy Kane was introduced in 1956, but um, Kate Kane has been around for about 12 years in current continuity. And uh, yeah, in her first uh, uh, major love interest was uh, um, Renee Montoya, who was. Um, uh, she was the question for a while. She was also on the Gotham Politi- uh, Go- Gotham City Police Force. And, uh, oh, oh, look out, right-wingers. Kate Kane, not only a lesbian, but Jewish, too. Look out. Yeah. And I would oh, also no. like to point out yeah. that Renee Montoya started out as a character created for Batman the Animated Series, just like Harley Quinn. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't... And... Um, um, what one of Batwoman's uh, partners' love interests in the uh, uh, in the past, and I don't know if it was uh, Montoya or not, was a trans woman. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was like that was like three or four years ago. Yeah. Um. Until yeah, they killed was, her off. Yeah, yeah. They fridged her. They fridged her good. Oh, (laughs) that was a classic fridging. (laughs) Yeah. So, if anybody isn't familiar with women in refrigerators, that was what? What was? uh, uh, What was her name? She wrote Birds of Prey forever. Oh God, her name just flashed in my my head. Um, Gail Simone. uh, Gail Simone. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Gail Simone's a great writer too. Read anything that Gail Simone writes. She's fucking brilliant so she did a, a great um uh run on if you like stuff like suicide squad read um oh, what was secret six secret six was amazing any secret six that gail simone wrote read that great like uh, anti-hero supervillain you know team stuff love it and and she she had uh one of the most popular runs of wonder woman Oh God, I loved her run on Wonder Woman. That was so good. I have all that, uh, a lot of that. I have, I bought everything Gail Simone wrote for like a good ten years stretch until I just completely got out of it because DC really, uh, and they, they totally disrespected her too as a writer, and you know kicked her off of books when they shouldn't, canceled her books when they shouldn't have. So yeah. She's a great follow on Twitter, too. Oh, yeah. She's a little liberal. <laughs> just a little. Just a just titch. A just, just a little. Just a little. All right. Anything else, uh, Kat, before we run down some of the other stuff? Uh, that was the big stuff regarding uh, Supergirl and the Arrowverse that I wanted to be sure to get in. All right, so we also have some other stuff. Uh, the Clone Wars is coming back. This was, like, completely out of left field. Really? Re- 
Yeah! The Clone Wars is coming back. Uh, there are uh, at least 12 episodes. This, There were no rumors, no nothing. This is completely out of left field. And I couldn't be happier. Um, cool. I enjoyed the Clone Wars, yeah. Well, I did too. I, I think the breakout character from, from the Clone Wars was Asuka Tano. Um, I really. I it. I would, I would have to agree with that. One one of my um, Twitter friends is a huge fan of that character. Oh, and she's like, a very well written character. Yeah. And, and um, uh, also apparently they debuted they debuted some footage from Iron Fist season two. Kenny, and again, once again, I'm experiencing hope or stroke. I don't know which it is yet, because they're saying uh, it's looking a lot better than season one. Finn Jones has been working on his fight choreography, uh, better better scripting. Uh, and of course, again, I, I'm one of the people in the minority that actually really enjoyed the the first Iron Fist, and uh, you know, I I get it. There was some choreography that wasn't that great. I, I I did like it, um, but I'm I'm still I'm still kind of burned out on the serialized uh, superhero TV shows. I'm more of a special event guy and want to go see the superhero movies in the theater, you know. Um, but uh, I, I'll 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 give it a shot. I still haven't finished Luke Cage. I haven't even started uh, Jessica Jones season two, and you know I'm just and. and Cat makes me want to go back and watch Supergirl now with with all this good news, uh, but then I feel like I'm going to have to start watching Arrow and rewatch, you know, and go back and pick <laughs> up on the Flash, and then do Legends of Tomorrow, and it's like I just, I just don't know if I have it in me to do that, that have that much of a commitment, you know. I just so. really enjoy Legends of Tomorrow. I I think the concept is interesting. You know, I, I mean, I'm not faulting anybody for watching any of those shows. And you know, I mean, I dropped Agents of Shield like a hot hot potato uh, after like half a season. I just am not that into serialized superhero dramas on TV. Well, I, I just figured I'd bring that up. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll check out, uh, I, you know, Iron Fist season two. I, I really need to check out Luke Cage season two. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, it started off pretty good. I just, uh, I don't know. When I watch TV, I just want to watch like short comedies and stuff like that, and nothing too heady or heavy. Uh, I know it, it, just because what we do, you know, when we talk politics and everything. But uh, Michelle though brought up Teen Titans or yes. Titans, whatever it's called. Yeah. Fuck Batman. That pissed me <laughs> off. I was that pissed not me impressed. the fuck off. The, I, I was not uh, impressed with the Titans trailer. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of complaints about the trailer. Most of them related to the casting of Starfire. Oh, but the race, yeah, the racists are out. Oh, of course, oh, of course, good. that's the guy. because you know an she orange did. alien should not be portrayed by a black actress. Oh God Almighty! Yeah, seriously, the, what I had a problem with with the trailer was that 
This is the trailer that they're using to try and sell their streaming service for all things DC Comics in, you know, animated or, you know, feature film or live action TV. And, they're, they're you know, this is the first thing they put out. And you have Robin in costume saying, fuck Batman. No, fuck you. Yeah, no, that 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 was wrong. My my stupid. Yeah, I I didn't even I I I didn't watch the trailer. All I was doing was reading the articles about the um the the racists and the bigots coming out about the the actress having you know being a black woman chosen to play an orange alien. I mean, and that's stupid. You know, but I don't like the 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 design of the of this version of Starfire. I just don't. I, I think it's stupid. Oh my god, it's a blood. Who cares? Now maybe she'll be able to put a good, spin, you know, good spin on the character. I, I'll check out the first couple episodes. I'm just not well, at a least fan she, of she's the not look. in a string bikini made out of purple metal. I mean, you know, yeah. seriously, they they've really they, you know, some of the uh, uh, latest iterations of her costume in the comic books. It's been like, oh, let's just put little medallions over my nipples and a little badge over my crotch. You know, I mean, it's it's really offensive. Um, I, I don't mind. Uh, obviously, I have no problem. I mean, it's like, what makes more sense? Putting somebody from, in orange makeup from head to toe or just having an actress, black, white, you know, uh, Asian, la- Latino, whatever. You know, I mean... It's what? dumb. It's it, you know, it, it, it's dumb to complain about that and then be okay with fuck Batman. Yeah, yeah, where were they complaining about the actress that plays Mystique or the actress that plays Gamora or you know any of those that have to do the full body, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. a color transformation? This actress is a gorgeous woman. She's got beautiful big eyes and a wonderful face shape. Under that orange, you know, under an orange makeup, even if they're doing it by CGI or by makeup, she's gonna be beautiful in the role. I'm just hoping she has a chance yeah. to carry it off. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's it's a television show. They don't have a giant budget uh, for for costumes. And but what that what I've seen from the costumes, I didn't mind what I saw for on anybody. I thought Beast Boy looked incredible. Um, I thought Robin's costume looked great. I was just totally turned off because it's like, this is what you want to sell your streaming service on. A show about the Teen Titans and Robin says, fuck Batman. God damn it. How there was There was that. And I mean, I understand it's kind of in keeping with the character, but to me, Raven just came off as overly angsty and overly emo beyond what the character should be. Yeah, that's what they've yeah. done with her in the, the cartoon series, too. They, they, they have done her. that. Yeah. yeah. They, they have done that, and and you know, and Kurt, Kurt Destroyer Kurt says, uh, I'm not taking up for this, but wasn't fuck Batman the attitude that he had to a certain degree. But it was like, I, I think it would have come through better if he was like, I'm not Batman. That would have been, that would have been, I mean, uh, more clever sounding and more, you know, fuck Batman, dude. 
Yeah, I I yeah. knew Bat I knew Batman and Robin split their ways, but I didn't realize it, I didn't I don't know what the angst was before he became Nightbird. Didn't Robin eventually become Night, Nightbird? Nightwing. 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 Yes. Yeah. So I, I I don't know much about the universe after you know they split up. So I cannot. I, I have the original run of New Teen Titans by George Perez, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, and you know I remember when he changed in into Nightwing, um, and, and there was there was a lot of resentment here and there, but it wasn't it wasn't so crystalline as fuck Batman. Batman and Nightwing have, you know, been at odds from time to time, but in recent history, Grant Morrison's run on Batman and Robin, um, you know, the the first, like, 24 issues, whatever, Nightwing dropped his identity, uh, Dick Grayson dropped the identity of Nightwing, and took up the mantle of Batman, uh, for you know that entire run, well, Batman was presumed dead, where he was actually lost in time. Spoilers, yeah. um, and you know, so but it was never, it was never fuck Batman. It was like I'm my own man. You know, it's like Batman's not here. I mean, that would you know, uh, you know that that would make more sense to me than fuck Batman. That was so. Just you know, I was looking forward to that trailer. I heard that, and I was like, "Oh God damn it, DC, you done fuck, you, you screwed the pooch on this one again, didn't you?" Yeah. So they tried to modernize it too much. They tried to make it more of a of a um, of a you know a, a father rebelling against his son. Uh, I mean, a son rebelling against yeah. his father in a really really bad way. Yeah. So, and I yeah. love I love the idea that they they took from the comics that you know Dick Grayson is a cop now. And I, I kind of enjoyed the part where Raven is like, oh, you're the boy from the circus, like, you know, having premonitions and things like that. I, I dug that. But, you know, the you know, I was just that was so offensive to me. There's no taking that back, you know? Well, maybe they'll change it. I mean, it's not set in stone yet. They could change that. But it's part still of the... out there. I mean, yeah, there's no I'm, really can... that's the first impressions mean everything. Well, you know? So, so Sometimes, I think yeah. I stay blue with that. So I uh, I just uh, took the opportunity to watch the uh, the the trailer, and I see where they're going with this series being very dark. There's violence, there's language. It is a mature thing, and they are filling a niche that uh, Deadpool has shown that there is an audience out there for rated R stuff. Sure. And and so I don't blame DC for wanting to take an, uh, take a shot at this. I do. Now, I do. And I'll tell you why. Because the, what what is the, the show that's on TV right now? Teen Titans Go. So, you know, somebody's going to, you know, little kids are going to watch this. And I'm not trying to be that cranky old man or anything. But it's like you go from Teen Titans Go where it's this bubblegum ridiculous, you know, TV show. Horrible. <laughs> Fuck Bat to fuck Batman with all the same characters, that's obnoxious. That's that's crass and irresponsible. I don't have a problem. I'm sorry, Miles. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. No, I I just I, I they're gonna tell a story, and this one I tell you I'm much more interested in watching than I am that uh, Teen Titans Go stuff. I'm of much course. more interested well, in this. 
Of course, you, but I, I'm looking at the brand as a whole, and I think that was a brand-damaging move that they did. I agree. I think that. that was stupid. I think it was over the top, and they, they could have dialed it back. I think it would have been – it would have been – I if he would have said, I'm not Batman or Batman's not here, I would have been like, yeah, Robin, go. You know, that would have made a badass Robin. But fuck Batman? I was just like, fuck this trailer. You know? I will say that's one where thing. I was. That was uh, yeah, dumb. and that's that's when the trailer lost me. Was the fuck? I was like, come on, really? Um, I will say though, that looks like they're setting up Trigon to be the primary antagonist of of at least the first season, if not of the entire series. Um, I mean, yeah, I get what what some of you guys are saying about Raven, but it seems like she's going to be kind of the MacGuffin for the for at least the first season. Oh, for sure, for sure. Which, which I think is a smart move. Um, all right, some other stuff before we start to wind down. Well, before we are, we are winding down, but we start with uh, some news from Star for some more Star Wars related news, and that is that we will see some of Leia Organa in Star Wars Episode Nine. It has been and Luke Skywalker. Yes. Well, yeah. I was going to get to that. <laughs> oh, but this is big because they're going to use un unused footage from Star Wars: The Force Awakens to have. Um, Leia in this film. It has been confirmed that Billy D. Williams will be re- reprising Lando Calrissian. I suspect someone pointed this out, but and I agree with it that he'll be speaking at our funeral at, at Princess Leia's funeral. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Oh my God, I'm sorry. General Leia's funeral. That was that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're me General, and yes, Mark Hamill we, will we be got... returning. Will be returning as well. I suspect as a Force ghost. Or at a seance, he'll he'll speak at the funeral via seance. So I mean, I'm I'm happy about this. I I'm happy that you know they are going to try and give the character of Leia Organa Solo the send off she deserves, but they're also going to respect Carrie Fisher by not trying to recreate her digitally. Um, Like I said, when Rogue One came out, you know I was okay with that because Carrie Fisher was. You know, yeah. and it was well done. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying they couldn't do it. Rogue One sh- was was really well done. I'm just saying that I I think that considering that Carrie Fisher is now dead, it would be kind of disrespectful. So I'm very I'm very happy that yes, we're going to get some closure with with uh, the character of Leia Organa, but in a way that I feel is respectful to Carrie Fisher. So I agree. You know. And it looks like I I I think I'm hoping that when they when all comes together that they give uh, Billy Lord a, a larger role. I really liked her character, um, Lieutenant Connix. I, th- I I like that she had a bigger role yeah. in in the Last Jedi. And again, I think the Last Jedi was a lot about turning the keys to the car over to the new generation, largely. And so I see no reason if if, mm-hmm. if Billy Lord wants to be in this movie and she will be coming back. But I'm saying that if she you know if she's okay with a larger role. I say give it to her, run with that theme of the new generation taking over. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. Any anyone have any thoughts about it. that about the news uh, that we're going to see at least a little bit more of Leia? I think Not it'll me. be brief. 
Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be brief. And I mean, there's only so much you can do with footage that was shot for a different, a completely different movie. I, I I agree with you. It will be brief, but again, I think that this is a send off for the character in a way that is respectful to Carrie Fisher. And that's the and I thing. I have on a, on good authority the scene that's going to be in there. Um, she uh, her one line is "fuck Batman." <laughs> So, oh, and of course, we'll have uh, also coming back. Anthony Daniels is three PO. Oh my! So, oh my! Oh, cool. oh my! Oh my! So yeah, like I said, that that made me happy. That made me very happy reading that. You know, because when I first saw Carrie, you know, to be featured, I was like, oh no, oh no. Then I saw they're using our, you know, unused footage from the Force Awakens. I was like, okay. Yeah, that works for me. I I can live yeah. with that. It, it it could be it could be better, Kenny. She could be saying "fuck Trump." There oh yeah, that would be good. You <laughs> know, you know, Carrie Fisher would have said "fuck Trump," no problem. Hell yeah. She had no fucks to give, and that is what made her so awesome. You know, she was she was su- I mean, she was such an amazing woman. You know, she had her she had her demons. Yeah. And but she I, rose above them and she wrote about them and she confronted them. And that that'll make her a hero in my book. Oh Sorry. yeah. Oh. I mean I no, if you look at her Welcome, my please don't deactivate me. <laughs> if you look at I mean, if you look at the nineties, you know, after Star Wars was over, I mean, every big movie in the nineties for the most part, she had a hand in the finals, you know, working on the scripts. She was an amazing woman, and I'm just glad that her memory is being respected like this. All right, uh, we should ra- probably wrap it up. Okay. Because uh, Kenny has some shopping to do, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a little ways off, but, you know, I got my, my reminder uh, set, <laughs> and, you know, I've got, uh, uh, you Have know, you been in many battles? Several, I think. So, I know. <laughs> uh, Midnight Sun tonight. I actually ended up DJing twice last week. That was fun. You did. Thank you for so, doing that. Because oh, no uh, we we had our, t- our our tiny little after party with Rain, Bob, my dad, and my nephew William, and it, it was just too much. I was putting away food and shit like that, and I I just couldn't. Um, I, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. You did a great job. We listened to it, and it was funny because you played Piano Man by Billy Joel, and I was like, he must have seen a post about the party because I did Piano Man for karaoke. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I I <laughs> and what was really up. funny when I when I did when I did Piano Man, I, 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 it was nine o'clock on a Saturday, and I started singing. I was like, well, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. It's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, That's great. it was close to nine. It wasn't exactly nine, but it was somewhere around that. So, close um, give or take a few minutes, yeah. Yeah, but it was pretty damn close. So, yep. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll just do my parting shot right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to uh, uh, Midnight Sun tonight. Not sure exactly what we're gonna do on Tuesday. Um, oh, we'll talk about a uh, uh, former ally of ours uh, um, on. Uh, Turn up the night and mic check radio and um, uh, the the early days of our radio ventures. We we lost uh, a friend uh, who we've lost touch with over the years, 
but we're going to talk about him on Tuesday's edition of Turn Up the Night. I'm going to dedicate the first uh, first part of the show uh, to him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so tune in for that. Uh, other than that, I, I don't have anything really else except, uh, holy shit, how about that present I got for my anniversary? Yes. <laughs> there we go. I'm done. Right. I'm shutting up. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Midnight Sun tonight. I don't have a theme in mind. We'll see what happens. Uh, of course, other other shows. And uh, we're going to start officially counting down to AWA. We just got to wait to hear from them about the press pass. I'm starting to get a little worried, guys. Yeah. See what happens. Are you going to give these guys parting shots, though? Well, yeah, of course I am. I'm good. Uh, happy birthday, Mom. I'll call you tomorrow. Darn it, we didn't get to surprise her with a phone call during the show. Uh, and uh, parting shots, Miles, let's go. Hi. No, I'm good. <laughs> How <laughs> anticlimactic. All right, Michelle, go. Um, I just wanted to say uh, Carrie Fisher, beloved. Um, I've enjoyed everything she's been in. I do have to admit, Kat already knows this. I am the evil one that brought up Under the Rainbow on John Fuglesang's show, and people are not letting me live that down ever. Well, they're not mentioning me specifically, but they do mention Under the Rainbow every now and then, and it's a great movie. People should watch it. It's fun. Thank you. All right, Kat, what do you got for us on the way out? Thanks for sitting in tonight. Anytime, Adam. Um... I don't have a whole lot uh, to to add on the way out, but I do want to uh, say thank you once again, Kenny, for uh, the wonderful party last Saturday. Uh, it was great meeting Rain and Bobber, and hopefully before too long I can meet uh, Michelle, Miles, and Adam as well. That would be wonderful. Well, we'll see. Like I said, I I get a I get I start earning extra vacation time. So, you know, I usually I usually focus on AW just because my sister comes and we go together. And I think this year is going to be amazing with with or without the press pass. But oh my god, if I could get an interview with Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm always grateful for well, what they've given. I, on that note, I, I'd been playing some Diablo 3 uh, again recently, and I, I enjoyed the uh, Crusader class on that. So that's what I've been playing. And she does the voice for the Crusader. And when I first heard it, um, this most recent round of playing, I'm like, wait, I know that voice. <laughs> so I had major. to go and check to make sure. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, she's in. The, I mean, that's the thing is that the, the the video game voice, you know, video. There's a lot of crossover. Like Laura Bailey right. and Travis Wingham seem to have mostly do, gone towards American animation lately. Um, um, no, they do a lot with Blizzard too. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they don't do a lot of anime anymore. It seems, but maybe that's just me. But uh, no, uh, like I said, you know. I, I'm yep. hoping. I'm hoping, Kenny. You know, I want the. You know, I want that press pass. You know, I want to sit down with Steve I know. Plum. So I know. I know. We'll hopefully, have new soon. But, maybe you right. just got a honey badger. Maybe you just got a honey badger your way in. <laughs> give me a press pass because I don't give a fuck like a honey badger. 
<laughs> just yeah, w- just you know what? Do like Robin. Do like Robin in the new Titan series, and say sorry. We can't give you a press pass. Say fuck Batman. <laughs> I will say. Here's the thing: is I found uh, Kenny. I don't know if you heard. Since I asked a couple weeks ago, if Nerds Vote is going to have representation at AWA. Yeah. And they didn't say anything. And then Mary Elizabeth McGlynn mm. gets gets announced. I say, well, you know, when I asked you guys about that, you didn't have to send Mary Elizabeth. I mean, I would have been happy with to be able to send that, you know, to, with anyone. But the thing, what, my point is that even if I don't get a press pass, there is nothing to stop me from talking to Mary Elizabeth McGlynn at the booth for Nerd's Vote. Nope. True. True, true, true. So, as long as I don't try to interview anything. I also want to say... Um, I'm not wearing hockey pads is less offensive than fuck Batman. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. Yes. It's not a car. It's not a car. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna like, you're gonna, you're gonna, like, hurt your voice. Remember, according to Steve Blum. No, my lip was right on the microphone. I'm okay. Okay, because Steve Blum says, your voice is your instrument. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> Whoa, there was a lot of distortion in that one. All right, well, we will we'll figure out what's going on next week soon, I promise. Uh, like I said, duty calls, sorry. you know. My mic totally shit out after I did that. I'm wow. never going to do that again. You, kill, you killed your mic. Congratulations. I did. All right, everyone have a great week. We'll be back sometime soon. Bye. Fuck Batman. Bye. Time for go to bed. Alright, it is late. Shall we retire? Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye to you all. I'll never forget you. Live in peace. Goodbye, all. Stay happy and good luck. On our way to great adventures. Get out of here. Disgusting worm. Push the button, Frank. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Next time. Visitors, thank you for your attendance. Warning, listening to Mic Check Radio and Indie Media Weekly can lead to anger management issues, frothing at the mouth, excessive swearing, and spraining of the middle finger. Do not try this at home. We're what you call experts.